The Daily Caller has filed a lawsuit because Lori Lightfoot, Democrat mayor of Chicago, was banning white people from doing interviews. And while maybe not the biggest story of the day, because, you know, Joe Biden is going to be printing $6 trillion or he's proposing a $6 trillion spending budget, which will shatter records not seen since World War II, apparently. Uh, this is fighting back. This is uh, organization saying we're not going to stand up. Uh, we're not going to stand and just take this racism and we're going to push back. So I think it's something really important that we should talk about. And it's the direct ramification of this just fringe ideology that wants to create racial segregation. But we do have a lot to talk about in terms of, as we always do, Democrat policies, because we're learning from many of these Republican governors, their economies are doing pretty, pretty, they're going pretty well. I mean, in South Dakota, for instance, Chrissy Noem's bragging about how their economies actually improved. They never had a lockdown. Then you look at the Democrat cities and it's really, really bad. There's stories coming out talking about the homeless crisis. They're calling it a constant state of emergency. California, Venice, it is just a very serious homeless problem. New York seeing the exact same thing. It didn't work. Whatever it is they did didn't work. And clearly in New York, Cuomo killed all those people. So we know, yeah, it didn't work. And once again, Republicans are gloating because things are going well for them. And now we're learning that many people are fleeing Democrat cities, going to Republican areas. So there's a lot we're going to have to go through. Gas prices skyrocketing. People don't want jobs. But we'll, we'll start with, uh, with fighting back and pushing back on the woke racist cult stuff. And, uh, joining, uh, joining us today is Lauren Chen. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me again. It's good to be back. Do you want to just give a quick introduction? Sure. So I am Lauren Chen, the artist formerly known as Roaming Millennial. If you've been following me for a while online and I make videos on the Internet complaining about a variety of different things, culture, politics, sometimes movies. Yeah, we 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 it's a genre of complaining on the Internet. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Commentary is what I like to think of us. Yeah. Ian. Oh, hi, Tim. <laughs> Ian complains on the internet. Hello, Lauren. Thank yes, you for having hello. me. Yes, Ian Crossland here at iancrossland.net. Happy to be back. And Sour Patch Lids pushing the buttons in the <coughs> corner for this lovely production with my pal, Lauren. And don't forget, pop over to timcast.com. Become a member by clicking that big old members only button. And you get access to the exclusive members area. We're going to have a bonus segment coming up later tonight. So you're not going to want to miss it. And when you become a member... You're helping us build and do more, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to you know take over. We're gonna you know t- we're gonna have to build something bigger than all of these mainstream media networks. As their ratings are in the gutter on TV, they actually are doing really really well on YouTube, and we need we need to combat that. So there's a couple other things you can do. First, let me just let me just tell you, and you guys are gonna be sad about this. Yes, CNN gets hundreds of millions of views per month. We get a tenth of that. Even even uh, you know Stephen Crowder, one of the biggest conservative channels. CNN gets five times his traffic. You know know what that means? That means you guys need to share this kind of content. You need to take these videos if you like it, if you believe in it, if you're listening on the podcast, word of mouth, because if every single person who watched shared this podcast, we would be bigger than CNN overnight. So if you want to support us, you can smash the like button, subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review. Let's jump into this first story. You know, it's it's a tough call. Like, how 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 in the weeds is this? Daily caller sues Chicago mayor for limiting interviews to people of color. Basically, anti-white racism. That's what Tulsi Gabbard said. One of the only politicians with the guts to actually call out this fringe insanity. The Hill reports the Daily Caller News Foundation and one of its reporters is suing Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. The lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois accuses Lightfoot of ignoring an interview request from Thomas Kedinacci, a reporter for the publication, because he is not a journalist of color. The suit, filed by conservative government watchdog group Judicial Watch, claims Lightfoot violated Kedinacci's First Amendment and equal protection rights. 
The mayor's office has not yet filed a legal response to the suit, according to a federal court electronic records database. Quote, the city has not had the opportunity to review the complaint and has not yet been served, the Chicago Department of Law said when asked about the suit. Kedinacci referred questions about the suit to Judicial Watch. Defendant is aware that Plaintiff Kedinacci is not a journalist of color, and defendant has denied plaintiff's interview request pursuant to her announcement that she will only grant interview requests from journalists of color, the suit states. The lawsuit asks the court to force Lightfoot to give Kedinacci an interview and also pay the plaintiff's attorney's fees and litigation costs. I think it's a good thing. I think this is the kind of thing that people need to be doing more of. Uh, so far, it seems like now outside of the Daily Caller, James O'Keefe and Veritas are the only ones who are really filing these lawsuits, challenging the insanity, but they're too often getting away with this stuff. Now, I, will, I also would like to point out the absurdity of, like, if he wins, what, he gets to interview Lori Lightfoot? <laughs> so she'll just be like, screw you, I guess. I'd she'll pay for it. Why, like, why didn't she just say, no, I don't want to talk to that guy? Why did she have to make it about race in the first place? Well, she's, because she's racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why did she keep it to herself? She tried to make this whole PR move where she was like, I will only be interviewing. I don't even think it's just POC. I think it's, she said specifically black and brown or, like, black and Latinx or whatever. I don't think she's including Asia. Sorry, Tim. We we won't be interviewing Lori Life. Oh, I, no. She was trying to make it into this look how progressive thing I am. So that's why she didn't just say no. It's because it was part of a she was trying to score woke points and yeah. now she's being sued. So you get what you deserve. But this is this this kind of stuff we're seeing in government is is just, you know, I, I want to talk about this because we recently saw that other lawsuit where the guy he sued Biden because Biden's doing this relief program for covid, but not to white people. Right. And then there's another program where farmers can get like a debt repayment, but not to white people. Mm-hmm. So. You know what this is? You know this seems to me? They found a way to enact their critical race theory agenda without going through the normal channels because the normal channels would block them. If they, I mean, they're still doing it. If they said, we want to take all of the wealth from white people and give it to non-white people and create a communist utopia and race at the system, yeah, it's not going to fly. But if they say, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to help everyone get their business up and running, but we're only giving money to, you know, certain races— then they're doing some kind of, it's insane, ideological manipulation of the system for some kind of social outcome. Well, I mean, it's, and it's systemic racism. I support anyone who's suing on the grounds that the government is telling you you aren't eligible for a certain benefit or whatever, specifically because of your race. And this is exactly what the left likes to talk about all the time, right? Systemically racist policies. They talk about things like redlining and Jim Crow, which, yes, we're racist, but the answer to balance it out is not you know, just throwing a little bit of anti-white racism to counteract the anti-black racism. And so then it's everything's OK. It's like, no, that's not the answer. Communism. <laughs> it's, it's 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 increasingly I mean, you know, a lot of people have mentioned like cultural Marxism and stuff. But I mean, you look at what's going on with the State Department. They're putting putting up these flags, the embassies or whatever. Yeah, BLM flags, BLM flags, pride flags. I'm like, those flags don't represent the country. It is a, a cult ideology is is absolutely ingrained in our government right now. And uh, I don't know how you, 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 you get that out. That's that's an ideological stink. Lawsuits is good. Filing a suit. I don't think, you know, in the end, him getting an interview will really change anything. But pushing back against the racism is important. Well, and I think half of the battle is really just awareness, because for the longest time, I would say at least the past four or five years, this kind of stuff has been brewing and most people didn't know about it. Right? The normies, the everyday people who aren't really politically engaged. And if we look at what's happening with all of these different states banning CRT in schools, Lydia and I were talking about this earlier. The only reason why that's happening now versus a couple years ago when it started is because now parents actually know about it because they were doing Zoom classes from home with their kids Mm -hmm. and they were 
were actually looking over the material maybe for the first time. So it's like with yeah. this Lori Lightfoot thing, the lawsuit is important because at least now the people in Chicago will know, like, hang on, my mayor thinks this is a good idea. Like, what? I don't, I don't think anyone's gonna, anyone's going to care a whole lot. I just think this could set set precedent. There's some pushback, but for the schools, I mean, think about what that means for years, for for a generation. Parents never paid attention to what they're, you know. Ask yeah, your kid, terrible. what did you learn in school today? Yeah. Hmm. I remember when I came back from school when I was a little kid. It's like, what did you learn? I was like, I learned about I remember when I was a little kid. My mom. She was, she, was, she was very progressive for this generation. I come back from school, and she asked me what I learned. And I mentioned something about Christopher Columbus, you know, 1492, sailing the ocean blue. He discovered America. My mom was like, there were already people here. And I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, the Native Americans. I was like, yeah. She's like, so they discovered America. And I was like, oh. Okay. Did she tell you about Leif Erikson? Yep. The Viking? Yeah, that's right. That always blew so my it's mind. Like, so it's like I, I never understood why schools were always lying. Hmm. But here's, here's – here's, I guess I'm lucky. I have a parent who asks me what, what was going on in yeah. school, and then she can give me better information. Today, parents don't care. They're not raising their kids. And it's insidious. Yeah, it's like the, it, it slid in. Uh, to be honest, I don't know because I haven't been to school in a while. But I would imagine that it's, it's, it's slid in to like – it's not what they're teaching. It's just part of like the, the base of what's being taught. You know, like they'll put it in the book. In the, the, I don't know. I haven't been to school in a while, but I imagine that it's not like the overt lesson every time. It's just no, kind no, of it's like, worse than that. So I saw this one, uh, this one math problem. So remember, you used to get the like, you know, train leaves mm-hmm. New York traveling at sixty-five miles an hour. Another train leaves traveling yeah, at yeah, whatever yeah. miles Ugh. per hour. So I saw one where it was like, you know, Jamal is a black man who gets stopped by police seventeen wow. times in one week, and Rick is a white man who gets stopped by seven times. What percentage of the police stops were? Yeah, yeah, no, no, seriously, that's yeah. the kind of stuff. So it's it's part of the ideology. It's to have it be every facet of their of their understanding of the world. I, I think I'm hoping kids reject this kind of stuff. You know, because when I was a little kid, I rebelled. Kids rebel, and I hope hopefully the institutionalization of of the cult actually makes younger people reject it. But it, imagine how creepy it's going to be when look, man, somebody somebody posted on uh, on Reddit. It was like a meme where it's like, kid, I'm 10 years old. And you're like, so what? It's like, I was born in, in 2011. And you're like, Gross. Oh, oh man. Like <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're talking to someone who was born in 2014 and people are like, what year is it? Wow. Time flies. Oh. Yeah. So in 20 years from today, you're going to have people in Congress who are raised on all of this stuff ingrained in their minds and their worldview will be absolute racism. Well, I mean, that's why it's important. I think that they're actually doing something to address it banning it and i have i was just seeing there was this little twitter skirmish between you know uh michael malice who i'm a huge fan of and i think kathy young um there are people arguing that you you don't really support free speech if you want to ban crt from schools and it's like was that kathy young saying that i think she was on the side of the person who didn't want it to be banned right who was saying like well the right are just sjw's too because they're trying to ban this isn't it funny how she always does that yeah, I thought so a little bit. I've, I've interviewed her before, and it, it was about something that I was on her side of, but I don't see how you can compare not wanting to fund what is obviously an ideological, like, bent for young children with trying to cancel people or being an SJW. When they used to complain about, and they still do, especially if you go on Reddit, religion in schools. Right. It's like, yes, get the ideology out of the education. Now it's the left putting an ideology into education, and we're still saying, no, you shouldn't do that. But these people are acting like that's acceptable and that should be done. Right, and I don't think they see the difference. It's like no one like no one on the right now in mainstream is arguing that there should be, a, you know, Christian-funded education mandatory in all schools. 
because I think we've, you know, America has accepted that they don't want to do that. But when it comes to CRT and the left's ideology, for some reason, well, that should fall under free speech. It's like, no, no, like you were saying, if we're getting ideology out, it should be all ideologies. Someone needs to start the church of critical theory. That way it's, oh, it's a religion now. Like someone filed the paperwork and now you can't have it in schools. Yeah. And they don't even bother with trying to get it banned. But a bunch of states are banning it. So I guess it's a good thing. Um, I don't know. I feel a bit nihilistic on it. You're a bit pessimistic. Like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. It's just going to keep happening. That's how I felt last night. If you get to the kids, you brainwash the kids that you mm-hmm. can. And then you don't even see the results for 20 years or 15 years. That's the problem. We don't realize the damage we're doing. Until, no, no, they, they do. Well, yeah, they like it. That's, they, that's, yeah, they don't think the of it as damage. Yeah, they think the of it as victory, winning, mm. changing. Isn't it amazing? Remember when that Republican lady was like, you know, she, she I'm not going to quote her. <laughs> she said something about that guy from, uh, you know, Germany and how she she claimed that him going after the kids was a good tactic. But she said it in a very, very different way. I won't <laughs> repeat. Yeah, she said it in a very crude way. And like all of a sudden the media erupted like, how dare you say that about that man? It's like, yeah, you shouldn't. You, sh- you shouldn't. But she was talking about how. The Nazis went after kids. Yeah. And indoctrinated kids. The Hitler youth. Right. Was- and now it's really funny because uh, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. When people always ask, like, how did it get to the point where people were standing in the streets doing the Nazi salute? And I'm like, the people are marching around doing the red salute right now. Like, you don't even need yeah. to ask the question. Just look around you. It's happening. And you know what? People always think it can't happen here. And then it does happen here. It can happen anywhere. But it's well, not going to be overnight. I don't know about that. I used to think, you know, slippery slope takes time. It's not going to be overnight. Look at what happened with COVID. Look at how quickly it became the norm to actually call the police on your neighbors for having people over. That took a year, like less than a year. My favorite thing was like how quickly the police started enforcing things that weren't the law. mm -hmm. It's like, it's not, there's no law saying you have to, you, you have to stay in your house. And they're like, well, the governor said so. I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you follow the Constitution and the law or just like what the governor tells you to do? Right. Yeah. And all of these cops were just like with smiles on their faces, you know, beating and arresting people. There's a video. It's really amazing, man. Reddit is awesome. You ever go to Reddit? I it's can't just, stand it. I know. That's why I, it's awesome. It is. It's like it's <laughs> like really it, it's looking yeah. into like a, the mirror dimension. It's like <laughs> this parallel paranoid yeah. reality. There was a video where it's a woman having a breakdown over masks. And she's just screaming like, I am done with this. I am done being bullied. The CDC data says, and then the cop grabs her and arrests her. And the people are cheering, calling her a Karen. And I'm like, no. uh, she was citing CDC data and the cop arrested her. Dude, the, the, the younger generation that's on these platforms, whether it's sock puppets manipulating them, it is becoming 1984 ultra cult authoritarian. It's creepy. It is creepy. And I even with the mask thing... We were talking about this earlier. I mentioned online. I see people in cities walking around by themselves wearing masks. And they're not – it's not like there's anyone near them. And uh, I asked why on social media people are doing that. And I had all these people saying, well, it's to express my concern for others because I care. So – a, I got a lot of people saying it's to express something, meaning that it is a virtue signal. It's a social signal that you're well, showing that you care. You saw David Hogg, right? No. He tweeted he didn't want people to think he was a conservative. Oh, so. my goodness. So he's wearing a mask because of that? Yeah. I mean, That's it's what like, he said. It's a social signaler now. So it's either you're, you're doing this just for woke virtue points or you're we've been it's, so hyped into this fear, this hysteria by the media that people actually think it's this deadly that even if you're not sick, the other person isn't sick. You're outside. You're not near each other. You could still spread it. What? Well, this is uh, uh, this is where it gets. We, we, oh. we you know, we we were going to talk about a bunch of Democrat policy stuff, but let's just let's just let's just go That's here. Better. Okay. Yeah. You, ready? <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Slate, 
My husband won't take his oh mask goodness, off yes. even for sex. Uh oh. We're what? both vaccinated now. When will oh. this stop? <laughs> That's horrifying. So, so Girl. this is this is mask derangement syndrome, and I I, I, I blame the media, freaking out. So this this guy apparently uh, maybe this maybe maybe it's a prank. Maybe someone wrote a letter like, haha, I'm gonna send it. I in. don't know. I'm convinced that this real people exist like this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, have you seen the videos that people are screaming about yeah, masks? Like yeah. they lose their minds. It's, it's 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 just stay away from the people if you like if they're you know not doing what they're supposed to be like if that, if they're supposed to be wearing a mask in the store and they don't want to and they don't ignore them stay away from them don't go near them it's the weirdest thing because if you were worried about getting sick why would you go up to the person and start yelling at them you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so anyway I'm not gonna read everything but this lady is saying that like he won't take his mask off at all when he's eating uh, she she says he pulls it up to expose his mouth quickly pulls it back down between bites. While he does not insist I do the same, I can tell it bothers him that I don't, especially because I have now started going maskless outside per the CDC guidelines and plan on restaurant dining inside soon for a girl's night out. She says even during lovemaking. Huh. Is that what you call it? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's what married people call it. No, I'm saying like when you got a guy who's wearing a mask so he can't, you no, know. No, you saw the naked gun? When they, what? they had no. to use protection when they had sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the full, full body suit. Yes. <laughs> that was love. Dude, these people have gone crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, there's no science behind it. We always hear trust the science. And I think people forget that the mask was originally, if you're sick, to prevent the spread, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh. Really? Because in, in Asia, it's Oh, yeah, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, you're correct. You're correct. Yeah, yes. Because in, in Asia, that, like, for a long time, mask culture has been a thing. But it was never just everybody all the time. Just that if you have a runny nose, you think you might be sick, you don't want to spread it, you put your mask on. And then... I, I was going to say, at first, Fauci said, you don't need to be walking around with masks. Maybe yes. it protects a droplet. Uh, that's how, it, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's Fauci, mm-hmm. right? That's and then, and then he flip-flopped. You know. And then everyone needs to wear masks all the time. And it was really funny because conservatives in the beginning were the ones wearing masks. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> there was one point I was Dude. in L.A. and I had the N95 mask. Mm-hmm. And those are – it protects you from breathing things in, filters it. But then when you breathe out, it just breathes out. That's right. So it doesn't protect you from the droplets of, of and it, it doesn't protect others. Others. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the whole point of masks. But people didn't know and didn't care because they would just see me and they'd be like, oh, he's got a mask on. Well, they, they, fish, no they, they then banned them. And like net gators and all that stuff, but man, is it? But is, it was like the psychology of it was more important than what they were actually doing. That was I just, what I noticed. I just gotta say, you know, I remember when this first was going down, like when everything was starting, and I had a bunch of people on the right messaging me like, "Get masks now! You're gonna want to wear them." Mm-hmm. And then it's like this weird thing started to happen where it started to Reversal, flip, yeah. and I'm just like, "Yo, that's that's hardcore tribalism." People were like, "Wear masks," then they were like conservatives all of a sudden decided I, not to wear them. I don't, I don't think it's tribalism. I think it's just being contrary. I think that's all there is to it. Good or bad. They're right. just, no. It's tribalism. It's, it's, it's tribalism. You think it's tribal? Yeah, the conservatives were are anti-establishment and wanted to be contrarian. Yeah. When, so they decided now all of a sudden they were going to defy the, the orders. When, the, when Fauci was saying don't, they were like, you're crazy, and they went and bought masks. And then once it switched, and all of a sudden like Trump didn't wear a mask, I guess, all of a sudden everyone's like, bah. I, it's just the weirdest thing. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting to see how this has unfolded with the evolving knowledge we've had about COVID. Because I remember when stuff first started happening, I didn't go out because I was scared. You know, my dad's immunocompromised and things like that. And we were getting crazy footage out of Wuhan, like people like collapsing in the streets. It was insane. But then what's weird is that as we found out more about how COVID spreads and about how lethal it was and things like that, um, you know, for a lot of people, I think that would have been reason to kind of ease up like, oh, 
okay, it's not as bad as we were thinking. We didn't know, but now we actually have numbers in. But for a lot of people, it was the inverse. They actually got more panicked, and that's because the media was reporting on it more, even though all of the data we were coming in was good news for us. I think it's it's widely tribalist. I mean, we, we heard from David Hogg. He was like, okay, the CDC says if you're vaccinated, you can take your mask off, but then people think I'm a conservative, so that's it. It's, um, it's virtue signaling because... They're, the, the, the culture war tribes are so distinct now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people who are, are terrified of being viewed as a member of the other tribe. CNN really has a hand in, in causing the fear, too. I, yes. Veritas uncovered that guy explaining that we would put the, num- the COVID death numbers on the screen intentionally because it got, it, got rev- it got good views. It got clicks. It got, it, it got good, what do you call it? When ratings. Want, yeah, it got good ratings. To said scare it, people. It was gangbusters for the ratings. Gangbusters. Have them, have them. You know, if it bleeds, the it death leads. count. Hmm. Yeah. He was pra- They These were scaring people, people depraved, on purpose for dude. ratings. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing the last. Does that work? Does that work? You yeah. like scaring people? Well, it, it, I mean, it works. For works. Them. It gets ratings, but it actually destroys society in the process. Yeah. So, like, is that working? I don't know. Yeah. So, so, so I could say something like, uh, "Oh, viewers, there's there's vampires. Are you, are you, are you, oh no! Oh, and there's and there's zombies and werewolves. They're everywhere." Uh, yeah, it, you gotta be careful. You know, Orson well, Welles. Are they gonna get, if they get scared now, because people are scared, like horror, like people are scared of vampires. In, right? in the 20s, so our ratings are gonna go up now. Yeah, it's I think possible. I They'll share if, the video. If you have connections <laughs> to government and you're able to actually hype up government with your like own reporters going up to, let's say, Saki and saying like, "What are you doing about the vampire menace?" Like, I'll just yeah, do that. Yeah, uh, I work. I'm Dr. Fauci, <laughs> and vampires are really bad. So uh, wear your neck gaiters because they'll bite your neck. <laughs> I think um, in the 20s, War of the Worlds, Orson Welles, he had a radio show with yeah. this theater group yeah. and they did this this radio show called War of the Worlds where they were like, aliens are attacking and then people thought it was real. So I, I've heard that some people were killing themselves because they were so, they know. thought it was the end of the world. Wow. But people were like going out in the street and like looking I, up in the I, sky for the aliens. It's an urban legend. It that could be. It I, 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 I don't I'll know how you, to confirm I'll, it. Yeah, or you know, I'll tell you what is real. Israel. Israel. <laughs> well, yes. Where are we no, going? no, 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 no. Uh-oh, look at the chat. A guy and a woman who are about to get a, uh, are they married or whatever? Oh, this yeah, is they're a great married. Story. Yeah, husband. Yeah, wife. married. They're they're Jeez. they're on the verge of divorce because he won't take his mask off wow. during sex. Is it, and so the lady that? actually tells her like the 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 prudence or whatever responds mm-hmm. with like take him to therapy. Yes. And then if he doesn't respond, like leave him. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Dude, that's creepy. No, but that's that's not anything to do with actual COVID. Like COVID is not the problem here. There's something underlying that, and I think that's it's so true for all of these other authoritarians who are crazy and obsessive about this. It's not really about the pandemic because the numbers don't support it. I think it's a form of social control. It's 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 media derangement syndrome. But you know what I find fascinating is that it's 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 a sorting algorithm essentially, right? So there are free thinking, independent people who believe in personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. These people have politics that vary from economic left to economic right. So you'll get someone who's like, you know, a disaffected liberal, intellectual dark web, a moderate or a conservative. But then you have people who just don't know, don't care, don't want to know, and don't want to care. These are the kind of stories that are shuffling them into two different groups. One group is a bunch of mindless drones who believe insane things. Trump is a Russian agent. And then the other group are people who are challenging the establishment. Now, don't get me wrong. You got fringe, you know, right wing people, Q and whatever stuff. But that's that's the minority. That's not a that's not a, a large faction. And the easiest way to understand it is the prominent conservative voices or the prominent anti-woke or anti-establishment voices are not fringe. Like they're not crazy. They're rational. They're fairly moderate on the left. 
the prominent voices are fringe, wacko conspiracy theorists like Rachel Maddow claiming mm-hmm. that Russia was going to shut the what if Russia shuts the power off to Fargo in the middle of the winter? What are we going to do? And you know, Donald Trump, Russia, and then they had the guy Jonathan Chan on MSNBC who was like, Donald Trump may be a Russian asset going back as far as the '80s. That's the mainstream institutionalized left. What's the worst thing you get at the Republican Party? The Republican leadership, it's an oxymoron. They're just like milk toast. Mitch McConnell's like, well, I'll be a speed bump for the Democrats. And then you get, what, Marjorie Taylor Greene? That's the worst the, the Republicans yeah. can muster? Essentially. And what, what's frustrating is that it there's no long-term memory or, heck, even short-term memory when it comes to defining what is and what is not a conspiracy There is, I mean, we saw this with the vaccine, COVID, Wuhan lab thing. Um, you know, we have screenshots of the media just ripping apart Trump for saying that it could have come from a lab and now it's like oh yeah maybe it did and it's it's funny how quickly that narrative changes and it's based on who's saying it which Fauci. is yeah Fauci comes out and he says he's not entirely convinced that the the that, that covid was uh, uh, naturally occurring and now all of a sudden all of these stories are being just flipped and th- is, think about how insane that is because, because I'll tell you headlines change because they realize they were wrong that means every link that used the headline now has the incorrect headline. That doesn't change. You go on Reddit and look up the archives, look up the rankings, and you'll see a story that says Trump pushes debunked conspiracy. You click it, and then it says, you know, update. This is actually, you know, plausible. like actually maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe the, it so is true. you look at Wikipedia. How many articles exist right now on Wikipedia that say things and use those stories as references that have now been changed? See, the Wikipedia editors aren't going to go back to a bunch of these articles, some which may be obscure, and change all them. So there you go. The whole system is 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 fried from this this insanity. And I don't know I don't know what it is. I can tell you that we used to have journalists that I guess competed with each other, but now they all walk in lockstep, and it's all about social acceptance. So you could find, or I'll put it this way: a good journalist is always researching conspiracy theories. Because they hear a crazy story. Did you hear about government politician who, you know, was doing this and that? And the, um, imagine, you know, you go back to uh, the, the, the Watergate. Imagine if someone came out and was like, oh, Richard Nixon is is doing this, that, and whatever. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, you're nuts. I'm not going to bother investigating that. Could you imagine if that's how journalism was back then? At least I did something about it. Well, now, they don't really investigate things anymore. I mean, one of the only investigative journalists is James O'Keefe. Now it seems like journalists just go on Twitter, retweet each other, talk to each other, and there's no actual, like, firsthand probing or investigating unless it's, like, you know, doxing some grandma who voted for Trump in 2016 because the yeah. Russian Facebook ads. Yeah, going to her house. Exactly. And then James O'Keefe is the one who gets banned because, when you know, he does something similar. It's interesting about Veritas because I think, I, I think James is very obviously conservative, mm-hmm. but... It's clear that, you know, the things he's active about are much more about honesty and journalism and in corporations because he's not doing stories for the most part that are that are benefiting some kind of Republican agenda in terms of taxes or pro-life. It's usually like we caught someone lying. We got uh, Facebook's manipulating. It it does benefit conservatives because conservatives are getting censored for sure. Maybe that's just where conservatives are at right now. But uh You look at Vox and the New York Times, and they want a political agenda. They want a hard outcome. They they specifically want what the Democrat wants, or they're just willing to say say whatever they have to say to fit in with Democrats. I think it has a lot to do with social media. I think it has a lot to do with urban centers, you know, monopolizing journalism, basically. So the people who work at the New York Times want to fit in. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? 
sitting down at the bar and they're in the back of their Brooklyn, you know, speakeasy, whatever. And then one person says something and the other person just says, whatever you say, tell me what to say and I'll say it because I want to fit in. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. The fitting in thing's disturbing. It does suck to not fit in. Especially, I mean, ostracization could lead to death back in the ancient world if you're thrown out of the city, but... And unemployment nowadays. Right. And being canceled off the internet. Man... it's pretty rough, but still, uh, you know, falling in line to a corrupt system seems way more dangerous than losing I access would, to it. I would rather uh. sleep in a bin in a dumpster than live on my knees for these people. Yeah, you, you got to at some point. Why? You know, I did that with the entertainment industry in Hollywood. It was so gross. I could have been a, easily a millionaire. I was making, you know, good money as a working commercials in L.A. and mm-hmm. just... Think think about the the absolute insanity that is the policies being pushed by these Democratic politicians, how they keep making things worse, but people just are scared of, of not fitting in. So it's 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 absolute mob mentality, right? You get the you get the uh, story of lynchings, you get the story of people marching with pitchforks and torches, they get wrapped up in the mob and they just do what the mob does, and this is no different. The like Twitter, for instance, is a, is a constant mob. Yeah. It is all mob mentality. It's people piling on so people join in because they want to fit in and they're scared. So what ends up happening? New York City, right? It's it's horrible, horrifying. Yes. Yes. I, we have this story. Homelessness, mental illness, crime is skyrocketing. Locals and tourists believe the town has lost its essence. Some of these photos, I don't even know if I can show you because huh. New York is bad. Like there's a woman laying, a mentally ill homeless man is seen laying in the street blocking traffic in Times Square. Whoa. You look at Venice. There's, I mean, this is brutal. Constant emergency zone calls for change mount as homeless encampment fills Venice boardwalk crime increases. Imagine after watching all of this. Imagine after watching what happened in Portland with, you know, constant riots, firebombs. People are like, well, you know, but I don't want people to think I'm a Trump supporter. So I'll vote for the Democrat again. Yeah. And I think what's really shocking is that a lot of the people who are in these areas, these urban areas like New York, they've been there for so long, they think it's normal. I remember last time I was in L.A., I was talking to someone who was from L.A., and she asked, like, so are you going to be moving down here? And I said, I, I don't think I could, frankly. And she's like, oh, really? Why not? And I was like, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of crime, a lot of homelessness. And she was like, what, really? And it's like. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even what? just recently, yep. I was in New York with uh, Sean, actual Justice Warrior, and 
you know, he was driving us through the city and, you know, we were asking him, so is this a good area? Is this a good area? And I remember, like, he, we would be driving somewhere and he was like, yeah, yeah, this is a really nice area. And, like, Liam and I would, my husband would, like, look at each other and back, like, it does not look like a nice area. And that's just, I think a lot of people are desensitized to, you know, seeing stuff. Like, we saw a drug deal on the side of the street. Biggest rat I've ever seen in my life. But <laughs> that's normal for them. So for these people who have been no living... Offense. No, a little bit of offense. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. not good. Yeah. yeah. For, for these people who have been living in these cities for the past year, they're frogs boiling. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the temperature is escalating. Just every day, another homeless tent. Every day, another crime, a mugging. And now they're used to it. And yeah. I know this from experience because, you know, living in Chicago, I remember when I, li- when I leave Chicago, I'm like, wow, like, you know, carjackings and shootings are like a rare thing, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, not when you're in Chicago. It's like every, once a month or at least you hear gunshots going out and you hear a story about a murder, 800 murders per year. So you're getting a couple murders per day. That's, Crazy. that's, that's living life. So when you live there, you're desensitized to all this. So the people who are living in New York and there's crime and there's escalating mental illness and problems and benefits are, are worse. The train service is worse. It's just normal. Yeah. Every day they add one more grain of sand to that heap and eventually the city's trash and people just live in it. L.A., though, people are noticing. My friends in L.A. are posting about it. I'm like, dude, you'll see under the underpass, there's just like tents, tents, way, way more. I was there in 2010. I was in Venice. I lived in Navy and Pacific right on the beach, like a block from the beach. And they had passed legislation right around that time that they could no longer camp overnight in the parking lot. They were like, I'll bring in their RVs in and just living there in the parking lot. So eventually they had to leave and come back. Uh, still pretty rare. And it was to the point where, like, if you wanted to park on Fifth Street in Venice and then walk to the beach, you're better off parking in front of, like, some homeless tents because they'll be like, hey, and they'll watch your car for you. And you come back and they're super cool. But, you know, like anything, if it gets overpopulated, it, it can become very, very dangerous. So, so, so here's, here's a, two, two things are happening, right? We got a bunch of Republicans. They're all gloating. They're like, you, you know that, you know that gif of uh, Lee, who, who is it? It's the was it the Godfather or whatever? Yeah. Where they're like all laughing and he's smoking. Yeah, the cigar. Oh, that's yes, in the Godfather. Yeah, yeah that, that's so that's the Republican governors right now. <laughs> so we have the story: red state governors tell Hannity Town Hall how harsh lockdowns in liberal states have turned Democrat voters into Republicans who have fled and are now boosting their economies. Cool. Yeah. The Democrats, I think. I can only imagine wanting to destroy their cities. Well, it's hard to imagine people who are in these cities and who see everything getting worse, like, you know, the economy, crime and all that stuff. And these places that have been in under the same control for decades, if not generations. And it's like, if you look at the state of things now, who do you have to blame? Right. I mean, it's been the same people in power. So if you're one of those residents and you're still voting for those same people, I mean, I've got a question like why right that's insanity just doing the same thing keeping the same party same people in power and expecting it to be different um i i kind of like i forget who it was maybe kanye when it was talking about like blexit and voting for trump it's like what do you have to lose by trying something different if you're in one of those situations where you know like baltimore or detroit you've kind of been sold out and just completely forgotten about why not at least try to change stuff up democracy doesn't work does it you know my thoughts on this. What are your thoughts? <laughs> my thoughts are I prefer individual liberty over democracy. And they're not always in opposition to each other, but they are not synonymous like I think you know Democrats often paint them as being. And I do, you know, service guarantees citizenship. I think there's better metrics of measuring the effectiveness and fairness of government rather than everybody gets a say. Yeah, so the the Democrat Democratic Party is literally becoming the Democratic Party and the Republican Party is literally becoming the Republican Party. It's yeah. a bit simplistic right now, but uh, 
Republicans like Republicanism, where you have states and you have these jurisdictions and you can live in your state and have your rights protected and the federal government, you know, provides for the common defense and things like that. And then you have the Democratic Party, which wants everyone to vote all the time, no matter how old you are, and then just get a majority, you know, rule on things. The uh, ancient Greeks had two parties, primarily the Democracy Party and the Oligarchy Party. And uh, it seems like we might still have that with the Democrats and the Republicans, although they're both a little more like... It's all funneling through a republic now. There is no, like, mob rule, but we still have, like, the no, Democrats and the oligarchs. It's so, all mob rule. What do you mean? Well, we have the republic in the Senate, basically, is supposed <clears throat> to, like, be a stopgap to the mob rule and say— Yeah, and, th- and, th- and that's true. That does—the Democrats complain about it. They're like, why do 16% of the population have 50% of the say or whatever? Well, yeah, they, they talk about the Senate and the Electoral College not being democratic as if that's a fault rather than the point— of right, the right, system. Right. Yeah, they say, like, did you know this? It's like, yeah, that's why it was created that way. It's to temper mob rule. And, you know, just the, the idea, they talk about things, like, they'll have polls, like, this many people think it's unacceptable to have hate speech, yet it's allowed, or, you know, this many people think we should have uh, socialist policies. Like, I don't care what how many other people support taking away my rights. They're my rights. You can't just take them away no matter how many people are in favor of it. Well, that's what the guns are for. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and, and uh, they don't understand that either. You know what it is? It really is a sorting algorithm where you've got people who just don't know and don't care and the people who do. Mm-hmm. That's really it. They think they know and care, but if that were true, they'd actually, I don't know, like fact check some of the things they read, but they don't. Conservatives do. Conservatives constantly are, are, are reading other sources. And it's not perfect. They're not always correct. But as I mentioned uh, fairly often, there's that one study, I think, I think it was Pew, Republicans get around thir- a third of their news from liberal sources right. because they're comparing and contrasting. Liberals don't. I think the uh, uh, Jonathan Haidt's research on moral foundations plays into this as well. The the left liberals only care about care and fairness. They only have two moral foundations. Republicans have six. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was five. Now there's six. So uh, libertarians have one. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. They have one. Liberty. That's it. It's yeah. amazing. So you can take these tests and they tell you if you're a liberal, conservative or libertarian. Libertarians don't care about anything so long as it's liberty based. Makes sense. Yeah, so there's like some really creepy questions in these in these in these tests, but Republicans tend to have every moral foundation, which includes uh, purity, uh, loyalty, authority, care, fairness, and uh, li- did I say liberty? No, liberty. Not, I think yeah. that's a six. I can't remember. And the left is only care and fairness. What ends up happening then is I could you, you go to someone and say, "Hey, I propose this policy." And the only thing the left cares about is, is it fair or caring about someone? That's why you see Democrats literally be like, it's racist, it's racist, it's mm-hmm. racist. Because that strikes at care and fairness. It's not fair. Racism is not fair. And then you go to conservatives and they care about loyalty, supporting those who supported you, back the blue. Authority, you know, also back the blue. Purity is, you know, purity is an interesting. Family? I don't, I don't, yeah, like family yeah. And, and maintaining, you know, tradition and things like that. The left doesn't care about any of that. This is my problem with fairness, this idea of fairness. If there's two people and you have one sandwich, what's fair? You split it in half and give each person half. What if one of those people is super hungry, the other one's totally full? What's fair? You still split it in half and give them each, and this guy can't even eat it, so he throws it away? Or do you give the entire sandwich to the hungry person? And then you have to make that judgment call of what's fair, and you have to believe that they're telling the truth that they're actually hungry. I'll tell you, it's, it's simple. 
you take the sandwich for yourself and you kill both. That's communism. <laughs> Fairness. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that, that's and communism is the most fair, right? Yeah. Well, usually, Boom. Yeah. and that's fair. a great <laughs> point when it also comes to things like wealth redistribution, like the communism. Um, is it fair? And I think the answer is no. But is it fair that someone who works all day uh, gets the same amount of money as someone who didn't work at all? Like, is is that fair? I would say no. And there's this sense of like almost equity that they equate with fairness and they equate that with justice but I don't think that's fairness at all I think right. we have different definitions of what's fair except like when it's in a family and it's like a young kid that yeah. doesn't can't work and then the parent does all the work and provides equal for everybody but I think there are people who are communists and socialists who sees who see everybody who isn't willing to work or incapable as as a child and we even saw that as like one of the drafts of the green new deal that even people who did not want to work would be provided for. This is this is here's the philosophical question. Ian, if you saw a beautiful rare butterfly flapping around doing its thing and then it got stuck in a spider's web, would you free it? No. Why not? Uh I don't know. It's not really my place. Would you free it? No, I don't like bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't general. care if it's a butterfly. Yeah, the it trash dies. take care of the trash. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Spiders got to eat. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's this is just this. What, what, what am I, who, who do I condemn? The spider or the butterfly? Now, if you were caught in a big spider web, I would free you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because unless we, it was like a Lord of the Rings. Thing, yeah, in which case <laughs> it's I like, agree. Yeah. No, no but you can use the uh, what is it? The the light of uh, of you know, Elendry or what is something? Yeah, yeah the light, yeah. Of, the last light of the elves or whatever. Okay, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 there you go. And then the, you'd scare I'd the spider away. I'd cut it away and I'd scream. Yeah, pull you down and carry you off on my shoulder. Right. It's interesting. So I went out and I gathered a bunch of cicadas. Right. Because they're everywhere. And I just, I, like in 10 minutes, I had 40 of them. And they just dumped them in the chicken city. And the chickens just run up and start just mashing their faces into them. And they're eating them like crazy. And I thought about, like, how brutal it was that these things spend their lives, 17 years, 17 years of their lives, growing and getting ready to just get that chance to reproduce. And I took that away from them. I do think, however, I'm helping because the smart cicadas... When, they, when I got close, would they fly went. away. Yeah. And the dumb ones oh, yeah, would just go. That's evolution. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You're yep. contributing to the gene pool. But mm-hmm. that's kind of scary because then you're contributing to some sort of like super cicada Super cicada. Oh. Well, like, actually, no. Like when it's part of the antibiotics. It means yes. that the next next round of cicadas will avoid people. Oh. I know, but that... Oh, well, maybe avoid them to the point where you can't hear them. That That'd would be, be nice, good. right? No, nah, they're too loud. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the point is... This is, a, this is an important philosophical question because a lot of people who only care about care and fairness would be like, oh, you've got to free the butterfly. Because uh-huh. butterflies are pretty and spiders are gross and nasty. Ew, icky. So it's a very childish way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I, I, spiders, I actually like spiders better than butterflies. Almost superficial. I would catch the butterfly and throw it in the spider's Oh, oh okay. Like it, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it seems like superficial, like this idea of fairness. I mean, in a, mm. obviously, if someone's starving, it's not superficial. But it kind of is. I mean, it's not, obviously, because it, when it comes to the human's life and a human's death, that's not superficial. Let's, let's stop for a second. Ian, you mentioned the sandwich thing, right? Yeah. All right, so one person's starving and one person's not starving. Why is the person starving? Exactly. So, yeah. so, so what if the person's starving because he's been sleeping all day right. and he doesn't work and he's a misanthrope and the other guy who's not starving made the sandwich and he's not starving because he makes sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And then what, you take it away from him and give it to somebody who's not contributing? This is a big challenge we face because, as you mentioned, Ian, you would save me from the giant spider. Web. I would. Bless your heart. Oh. Uh, however... There's big questions about that because humans obviously want to save humans because we're all humans. We care about each other. Mm -hmm. But then our natural tendency to save each other results in people who are a drain on the system Mm. being saved. It's really interesting. I was talking to dysgenics at the. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to I can't remember who it was. It might have been Daniel about chickens. 
Yes. And I think he was mentioning that the roosters kill the baby roosters. Yeah, he's the expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was saying, like, they cull the weak. Wow. If the rooster sees a weak chick, it'll just mutilate it. That metal. Yeah, yeah, super metal. And it's like, because the idea is it's trying to make sure that the flock stays strong. We don't do that anymore. We coddle the weak. Anymore? Yeah. Well, we I mean, like, yeah, well, look war. at Sparta, war. I mean, just yeah. in general, we didn't have the social systems to take care of people the way that we did. I mean, also, we didn't have the medicine. So it's like, you know, Darwinism, if you screwed up, you were going to die. But now medicine and technology and society in general has advanced to the point where we are able to keep the people who would have been killed off long ago just around. Idiocracy. Yes. So you, you guys have seen Idiocracy, right? Yes. Only parts of it. I so Mike Judge, genius. Yeah. It's uh, it's where they, they state in the beginning of the movie it used to be the strongest would survive, but because of human technology now, those uh, who reproduced the most were being rewarded by evolution. And I think what he missed in that, sort of, I mean, obviously the idea is that stupid people reproduce more than the smarter Which people. Which is true. But what he missed also was just in general, people with a variety of ailments and weaknesses. And, you know, I mean, no disrespect because, I mean, people want to live. You know what I mean? I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're humans. We care about each other. So that's that's a really that's a, that's a very important philosophical question that gets it into a very into very dangerous territory. But I think so long as you maintain libertarian values and just say, look, I'll do my thing, you do yours, we're probably better off. But there's a very deep philosophical question there. If you if you see somebody who is like their leg is broken and there's like a, a wolf running towards them, do you say, oh, well, you know, the strong must survive or do you help save the person? If the person's got like a genetic deformity in their leg and a wolf is running, do you say, oh, well, the strong survive or do you save the person? Humans, I think, and this is good, default towards saving people. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate for us because in the long term, it's it's will probably have a negative impact to a certain degree. Well, and it's not it's not just that it is like you were saying about <clears throat> idiocracy, the fact that not only are we trying to save everybody, but it's almost like the, the people who are the smartest and who would have potentially the most to contribute. They tend toward nihilism nowadays because of, you know, economy, politics, lack of uh, spirituality, whatever, and they're less likely to reproduce. So then that is dysgenic. It's like if you look at um, women, the more educated a woman is, the less likely she has she is to have children and the fewer children she is. Um, so it's it's not looking great for the long-term survival of our species. Yeah, and I think what ends up happening is you're going to get people who are very powerful, wealthy industrialists who are going to use their influence and power to say, you know what, we're going to intervene and we're going to force humans to, to do something. I mean, you, you look at how we treat hogs and deer when they get overpopulated. Humans have no problem getting in a helicopter with some high-powered rifles and then hunting down those hogs. Like, that's, they, they do this, legit, mm-hmm. crazy. When there's like an overpopulation of feral hogs, they go and they cull them. They do the same thing with deer. We have deer season for a reason, too many of them. And then we get turkey season, too many of them. Humans, nobody culls humans, except for other humans in war. Well, I mean, I I don't want to go down a whole rabbit hole, but there are people who think that, you know, there there are a lot of abortion providers who go to places specifically like Africa um, and, you know, not just birth control, but actual abortions. I mean, there's an argument to be made that is in, in a way, especially if you ascribe to the uh, pro-life mentality, that is a form of calling it. You're saying there's too many of you. You can't survive. You're breeding at too fast a rate. We need to nip this in the bud. It's creepy. Yeah, there's no real. I, I don't. I think humans. And it's not a, just in like developing countries. You could make the same argument. That, like the majority of abortion providers are in you know lower income neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In minority yeah. areas. In minority areas. That's creepy. It's creepy. This, this conversation's like so 
it's impossible. And I think humans are, are just screwed, basically. The, it, what you said was the most one of the most interesting things I've heard in a long time is that we we used the, the weak used to die off young, and mm -hmm. so uh, we the strong would breed, and our evolution was strong. And now the weak are kept around with medicine and are breeding, yes. and so our our species is potentially seeing that side effect now, and that results in fascism. And all sorts of crazy no, 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 it, deformities it, it, within our race. It results in s strong men, authoritarian, fascistic leaders who are like, I'm going to kill these people. And that's the, that's the creepy thing. I think that's why space travel is probably our best approach. We as humans, we can't tolerate the, the idea of just deciding who gets to live or die by some person's choice because an individual will never be smart enough to understand. You know, the, a decentralized network is infinitely better. But through technology, more people are surviving, even people who normally wouldn't. What do we do? I think space travel, space colonization, rapid acceleration of technology is probably the best approach because we certainly want to do everything to stop fascists. But this is a real philosophical challenge. And you'll get the scary thing is people who don't care about technology, many of these leftists who are saying space travel is a waste of time, bring the money back to Earth because they don't realize the money was spent here in the first place because they're not literally shipping money to Mars. Like when you hire someone to build a spaceship, you pay them on Earth and then they go and work and they buy food. Anyway, I, I digress. These people are ideologically driven and it's and it's creepy. Like when Greta, Greta Thunberg, I think genuinely she is a, a tool of an authoritarian fascistic ideology because she said she wanted to shut down fossil fuels now which would result, I think, in like 60 million deaths in a yeah. few weeks. No joke, because starvation, and all diabetics would immediately die. If we lost access to refrigeration and electricity overnight because of the shutting down of coal power plants, hundreds of, like, I don't know how many diabetics there are, but they, they, they need insulin to be refrigerated. We had the power go out the other day. Refrigerator's gone. Like, food spoils. Yeah. Just like that. And so we had to set the generator up. We have the batteries. And we're hoping to keep our refrigerator going. Heaven forbid you actually rely on that like diabetics do. So when Greta Thunberg comes out, it's really fascinating. She's this big climate change activist. A lot of these climate change people are very much apocalyptic. We've got nine years to solve this problem. Think about how scary that is, what they're really saying. There are too many people. They are using too much. And we have nine years to figure it out. Or else what? Yeah, so what's That's the... What, and then they talk about a great reset, changing capitalism. Well, for one thing, I think it's kind of great that people are adopting van life. Like millennials are hopping in vans and cruising and enjoying life more and just chilling. People for too long were getting their happiness out of things. Nah, man, you want to sit on the beach with a dog and look at the stars. That's, that's the way to do it. And that's better for the planet and everything. But then when you hear, you know, you hear these people like Greta Thunberg, and it's not just her, you know, AOC, getting rid of fossil fuels shutting it all down like that would kill a lot of people very quickly now maybe they don't realize that but somebody certainly does and they're getting their talking points from somewhere maybe it's a natural emergence we see the we see, we see the crisis in environmentalism from insect die-offs to dead zones in the ocean to you know ma massive droughts whatever you want whatever you want to call it and then people react and say we must do something what they're proposing doing would kill a lot of people no, it definitely is. And I think there are there are people that are okay with it. And there are people that think it might actually be a good thing. But I think a lot of the people who are making those decisions are assuming that they will be in the class or group right. of people who will be saved and who will be in power controlling everything. Do you ever watch that show Sliders? No. 
You ever, you've seen Sliders? Yeah, only a couple of times, though. I loved it. I've never it, even it, heard it, of that. It really? Awesome. Yeah. They, like, it's, time it's, traveled it's from the, or so dimensions no. oh. shifted or yeah. something. That so, might be why I avoid time travel. Like no, it's, not, it's not time travel. <laughs> it's uh, it was from the 90s, and it's uh, Jerry O'Connell's in it. Yeah. And it's uh, he do, he invents a – well, he doesn't really invent it. His alternate reality guy helps him solve it, but oh, he in, nice. ends up inventing this uh, portal gun that opens up portals to other dimensions. So the show is like, for the most part, you know, they, they, go, they go to a different Earth, and things are slightly different. Mm. There was one – where they go to this, they go to this version of Earth, and the ATM machines will give you whatever, however much money you want. Just prints like you, you can walk up to an ATM, and it'll be like, pick your number. And so they're like getting all excited, and they're getting thousands of dollars. Like this is this is crazy. What is this place? And they're spending money. And as they do it, people keep saying like, "You're, I'm, you're so amazing. Thank you so much." And they're just like, "Sure, like whatever." And they're spending this money because what it really was was every dollar was a lottery ticket for your execution. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So in this episode, like the world was they kept the population number down by giving you the choice to pull money out of an ATM unlimited. But the more you pulled, the more likely you were to get executed. And they celebrated it. So it's like you won the lottery. And they're like, oh. And then they were like, thank you so much for what you're doing. And then... Wow. Yep. Wow, yeah, dystopian. Cool show. Show kind of went off the rails. Kinda dark. But yeah, what happened to it? I don't know. It just got weird. I, I loved it, but I, it was like not on a time time slot I could watch. Dude, that's awesome. That's that's terrifying, but kind of an awesome way to look at money. <laughs> like, talk about frugality. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I'm not a fan of. I, I guess I guess the thing is, you get a choice. You're not a fan of death lotteries, no. You're not no, like that? not yeah. a fan. Yeah. yeah. Not a fan of printing massive amounts of money and hoping that, that we too? all survive. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're in trouble, though. I think so. I, I I mean, some people say that overpopulation won't happen. That we're not overpopulated, and there will be a, like an equilibrium, a natural equilibrium would occur, like the Black Plague. Of, 1200 AD. Well, that's the real equilibrium that high, high debt, high, high population density will result in some kind of plague or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just saw COVID. But we've also got this technology. You know, we prevent these things from happening. We have defeated much of, of, of the threats against us. So what's going to happen is humans are going to keep just expanding. And But the technology also has created ways for us to destroy ourselves in, in mass dose like yeah, we I mean, saw at Hiroshima. Look- or even just things like obesity. As we've become more prosperous, we're actually now eating ourselves to death in large numbers, which is, I mean, you and you see that in now China. You never used to see, you know, fat people in mainland China, but now there's a growing middle class, and with that prosperity comes chubby little children. So we're creating a plague, which is called obesity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, through our prosperity. And so I, wow. is the Great Reset a good thing? No. Why not? Because the people who are controlling it are doing it with nefarious purposes. So I, I'm not I'm not against the idea of a, a societal reset, so to speak, a, a changing of the paradigm or whatever. I agree with Michael Malice, national divorce. Some people would call that a reset. But, you know, when we talk about the whole build back better UN agenda, whatever, if you're into Alex Jones, I mean, that's referring to a specific number and group of people with a specific agenda. The Great Reset is real. The World Economic Forum has proposed it. They're yeah. very woke. The Davos group 
group wants these things to happen. These people are very much concerned about climate change and very much so they want people to stop consuming, to eat the bugs and to uh, live in vans. Yes. So this is, the, this, this is the interesting thing about the Great Reset. I see a lot of people say, I will not eat the bugs. I will not live in the pod. I'll and eat the bugs. I won't live in the pod. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'm I'll, okay with the bugs. I'll eat the bugs and live in the pod. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, if you, you know, get to choose the pod. I, you, I'm right. pro-pod choice. Yeah, if yeah, you want to. It's the pod of your choice. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think about like, I'd, I'd love to just have like a, a, a tiny house like by a river or go fishing and just, and, you know, be responsible for myself. And uh, I have no issue with eating bugs other than they have to be farmed properly and not real not parasites. Gross, yeah. So don't eat bugs off the ground. The media telling people to eat bugs, that's the craziest thing. We bought cricket powder. Oh, that's the, uh, the, the camera's going to shut blinking? off. Mine's oh. blinking, too. They're about to shut off because well, the pot, they're not plugged in. Yeah. Okay, let me see if I can plug it let me, in. Let me see if I can do it. You guys, All thanks. Right. Continue our conversation. Right, so eating this bugs. is now the uh, Lauren Chen show. That's How right. She's taking over. Okay, Lauren, if you had to eat a bug, what would your favorite bug be? I, it would be something crunchy. I've thought about this Ooh, before because I used crunchy. to watch, you guys know Bear Grylls, right? Mm-hmm. He's that adventure guy, huge fan of his and I've watched a lot of shows and I feel like you you want to go crunchy, not slimy. It stopped beeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also don't get why so many people when they do like bug eating challenges or they talk about it, they don't cook the bug. I would cook the bug. Like just treat it like regular food. Yeah, cook butter, it, clean it, like prepare it. How, how, exactly. yeah, how would you cook it? What would you add? I mean, in, in China they and like Thailand, they do like a deep fry thing with bugs. My dad, he's had uh, like deep fried silkworms. And I mean, Ooh, that's really? like a slimy thing. So I still wouldn't want to do it. But I feel like you could make bugs palatable. Oh, I'm know. sure. Yeah. We got cricket powder. Yeah. Tim just got a bunch of it, actually. I'd try it. I'd try it. I'm going to make some bread with it. We're going to make cricket bread. It's going to yeah, be a, the, a mix because there's, there's not enough powder to make a big five five cup loaf. And there's no gluten in it. It's yeah. just it's just gritty ground so up. Add the gluten, make it sticky. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, but we have the high 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 gluten flour. So we'll just do a little bit, make it maybe help bond right. or something. Yeah. You can make cookies really easily because you don't need a lot of uh, cricket cookies. Yeah, oh, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of recipes for that. I tried like a gluten free muffin one time, and it was like a dandelion. Like you know, you blow and just like crumbles in the air. Oh. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no gluten. You want the gluten if you can have it. I got no problem eating bugs. I, I, I just think when I see the media, it's really creepy when all of these news outlets pop up with the same story, mm-hmm. like, go eat the cicadas. No and it's thanks. like, no, 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 no. Did you guys see the story about the dude who ate the slug and then got paralyzed and then died? No. No. Yeah. Rugby player. Ooh. Don't eat bugs off the ground, man. Yeah. It's like, if you want to, like, people are like, you can't eat. You, you, there's an article from NBC. It said, don't hug you and kiss your chickens. And I'm like, yeah, no, but duh. But it's okay to eat the cicadas? Right. What? That's the craziest thing. They're like, if you hug and kiss your chickens, you could get salmonella or whatever. And I'm like, dude, we have chickens. Yeah. I will pet them. And then I go and I wash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, twice. I think the you issue I mean? is a lot of people conflate nature with safe and healthy, which if you've spent any number, like amount of time in nature, you know, it's not <laughs> the case. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Dirty. people live in this idea where like, yeah, you can just like go into the forest, eat whatever, drink from a stream. And it's what? like, no, you can't do that. You will die very quickly if you this, try. This is the this is the weirdest thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of contradictory things I see in in the culture war. Right? You would think the conservatives would be the ones saying to eat the bugs and live in the pods. You know why? It's like hard hardier survival. Yeah, too. it's 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 tougher. It's more self reliant. It's 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 stronger. Like the way I look at it eating bugs i'm like dude i'll eat i'll do what i have to do to survive me too i, I would will... do well in the apocalypse i'll eat anything i'm scrappy yeah exactly grass so i'm sure we you can. can't eat grass <laughs> you gotta boil it 
You, you can you, season it. You drink can the tea. You're it's not. Work. It's a lot. It's a lot of waste that energy. Magnesium. Yeah. I've, I've fiber, been down this road. Ian, let's go down it again, Tim. You can boil grass. There's some stuff in it, but a human will not get enough energy out of it. So it's if you have to, you can maybe make like some a kind supplement. Of tea. Yeah, it's like not even enough. with the same with uh, rabbits. I think there's not enough fat on them. Right. So it's like rabbit with sailors, starvation. Yeah, right. they used to. They would know. Okay, well, we need some. Need some fat. Shouldn't conservatives be the ones who are like? If I had to, I will live in the. I will live in a pod, not like a government mandated pod they shove you in, but like you build your own hut in the middle well, of the woods. That's the thing. I think a lot of conservatives do have the equivalent of bug out pods, and they probably do have like the MREs, which I may, you know, you know, survival food, which maybe oh. has bug it, bug in it, <laughs> probably, um, probably. But I think the idea is that like they don't think it's necessary, and there are these g- big government people who are telling you to live in a pod so they can live in excess, right? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a meme. It's really funny. They were like, it's a liberal saying, we've got 10 years until climate change destroys the world. And the conservative says, so what are you doing about it? And they're like, getting an arts degree, living in a big city <laughs> and not preparing and trying to get guns banned. Yep. Yeah. It's like, you certainly don't think the end is nigh. Mm-hmm. You're saying that. I don't know if I believe you. That's, yeah. that's the funniest thing. It's like, I'm sorry. I would never take the bet if there was a liberal and a conservative. And it was like, okay, we're going to put them both in the woods. Who survives? I'm gonna be like. Every every hour of the day, every day of the week, yeah. I'm betting on the conservative to survive. Yep. Even if it's like a 55-year-old, big, pot-bellied, you know, old conservative guy with a Confederate flag shirt, I'd be like, I still think he's going to win. That guy's going to know how to grow possum, man. You get the that occasional— liberal guy's going to write a book out of bark or something. You get the <laughs> occasional hippie that eats, like, grubs— that doesn't eat very much and is super skinny. That guy's usually pretty liberal. Comes from like a eating seeds. commune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. need much energy to it's, survive. So, but, so to be fair, the leftists will. Uh, the average leftist will probably starve because they're going to try and take food from each other. Mm-hmm. A certain sect of libertarian leftists will do just fine because they're probably just sitting, you know, playing their guitar like stoned anyway, and they're sharing, just eating what they can, eating grubs and bugs. Then the conservatives are, you know, chopping down the trees. And Out there well, I deer. think a big difference yeah. between who would and would not survive that also intersects politically is urban versus rural. Yeah. Right. And that's a big divide politically. Urban people tend to be overwhelmingly leftists. And I mean, you can tell in their policies if you if you look at how, you know, they are concerned for things like overpopulation and climate change and just pollution in general. I'm not saying that those aren't concerns, but I think just looking at the environments that they live in, cities that are dirty and overcrowded if you go to the country i think you're much more likely to feel like you are kind of living closer to nature and you're just frankly more likely to have those survival skills i mean you have city people who probably i don't know have never been camping never made a fire by themselves of course if 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 the shiz hit the fan they wouldn't survive that is fascinating to think that the people that live in cities are obsessed with climate change because they're breathing in brake dust and they're causing it yeah and they're they're affected by it like people in the country aren't affected by it Mm -hmm. yep so That's they don't right. think about it. Mm-hmm. The pollution in in some of these Chinese cities, it's just it's nuts it's so where they have like the big TV screen that looks like a sunlight because it's all smog. Los Angeles smog problem. What San Francisco has a smog. No, they have a poop problem. <laughs> the people who live in these areas are like, look at all these problems. Like, bro, stop living in a concrete cubicle in a city that's covered in poop. Yeah, and it's I mean it's the same thing with their concerns about things like wealth inequality and stuff like that. The the people who are most concerned with wealth inequality come from LA and New York, and that's because they are living in the places with the millionaires and the homeless people like if you go to the rest of the country not to say there aren't still rich and poor people but it's a lot more equitable it's just these people in these like 
urban coastal centers, they think their little bubble is representative of the entire country. Peaceful divorce. Yes. We yes. can. All of these cities should be free and independent, and yeah. they can form an, an, an archipelago alliance. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, actually, so um, one of my friends, he he was saying that he's from California. He doesn't want to give up California, but so his his solution was not like full secession but it's like there can be like little city state protectorates within <laughs> the greater america and they can have like they could pay for uh, utilities and like national defense they, and then they, they'd collapse in two seconds <laughs> they would. yeah they because would. they they survive off stealing resources la only la uh i shouldn't say only exists but mostly exists because they're getting the colorado, colorado river water mm-hmm. and if at any point count like their jurisdictions to the east of la they could just be like nope Shut it off. Yes, yeah, city-states seem to fall apart with the invention of gunpowder. I don't know exactly when they started fading away, but, I mean, the Vatican, I think, still is a city-state. Well, but even you have the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, with, like, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. I mean, I'm not super well-versed on how they're doing, but I think, in essence, they operate similarly to that. It used to be walls would protect the giant citadel, and you, you couldn't get in. But then gunpowder, you could break down the walls. Then, of course, air power. Well, fun fact, um, Quebec City in Canada is, like, the only walled city in North America. Oh. Really? Yeah. Whoa. That's it's, cool. like, walled? It's but, walled. But not the entire city. I can't. Um, I, like I mean, at one point, it used yeah. to be. I don't know if it is all still up, but I, we, we went there for my birthday a couple of years yeah, ago. Wall, so. wall Street in New York was a big giant was it, Yeah, it was the big wall back in the day. Huh. Yeah, so I want to I go back to this point uh, about you know climate change and survival and stuff because when I think about we, – we just talked a lot about liberals not being able to survive the wilderness, mm-hmm. which is mostly the truth. There's probably some liberals who you know, know what they're doing, you I guess. You make it in a Fred. What's that? Oh, it's a show where they take two people, get them naked, and then drop them in the woods. Oh, no. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. And you get the occasional liberal dude that just doesn't eat very much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've, I've heard people talk about shows like that, and like they've put vegans on, and they end up having to eat a bug or something yeah. just because like it's easy, it's you fast, you need yeah. the protein. Did you, ever, did you ever see that one show where they have two islands, one with only men and one with only women? No. And then like the women start fighting with each other, and they can't get anything done. Like One expedition group gets lost and starts panicking because they can't find their way back. And then, like, meanwhile, on the Dude Island, they have, like, their own bars already built, and they're, like, <laughs> distilling alcohol I and, love like, coconuts. Yeah. And then the women come to the men's island start saying, like, give us stuff and give us resources. Well, that's, like, I have this evolutionary theory that is backed up by nothing, just <laughs> totally my, <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> but um, have you noticed that women don't work well together generally? There's, like, the whole queen beat Lydia nursing. probably knows. Yeah, yes, I work you in know nursing. What, yeah. And I think the reason why that is is because men have an evolutionary drive to work together for things like hunting. But if you look at traditionally, like, back way back before we had, like, societies, women did not really have much incentive to partner with other women, right? Because right. Your, your child rearing was usually your own family members, other females. You wouldn't share those responsibilities with females who weren't related to you whereas if you were a man you would go hunting with all the other village men it's not the same for women that's a good point yeah so the woman was looking towards the 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 man who was going to kill the bear Mm -hmm. and you know bring the food back and the man was looking for people who could partner with him to go and bring the food back right and actually evolutionary speaking if you're a woman you do have an incentive to view all other women as competitors for your man and his chunk of bear meat I, I I agree, but from my understanding, women tend to be more bisexual than men because they had to cooperate with other women because of polygamy. You'd have more than one wife, so mm. you needed to cooperate with other women. So I don't know. You could go either way on that one, but you're probably right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like I, mean, like I said, this is not it. based on science, <laughs> like at all. It's just my yeah. opinion. 
It's weird how that manifests in modern politics. So it makes me, it reminds me of people have mentioned the, the, the rat utopia experiment. I think it was, was a mouse utopia. What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah mouse they gave, utopia. they, they created a utopia where the, where the mice were free to just do whatever they want. They had unlimited food and, you know, but a finite space. And then eventually they reached this population maximum where they stopped reproducing. They started becoming more, you know, homosexual or like, Atypical. So, like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, yes. maybe these things are emerging society because we've reached the epitome of wealth and survival. Yeah. That there's. So, I mean, if you think about it, there were reactions to deviations from social norms that were very severe. Like women who worked were witches and did math because women needed to have babies; otherwise, you were on the verge of collapse. Yeah. Now we have so much that we don't need everybody to be having families. Technically. Like, humanity's not going to go extinct mm-hmm. because people aren't having babies. In fact, it's the other way around. Or if, even within your own family, you no longer need to have seven in the hopes that, like, three or four make it to right. adulthood. Yeah. You, you can pretty much be guaranteed that they're all going to survive. So now there's no threat to society for deviations of social norms. So people stopped caring. Yeah. And this is, a, this is, a, this is a, another point I've heard. I don't, know, I, I don't know to the extent of which it's factually correct. Ask a historian. But I was reading about the end of slavery, notably in the U.K. It started there. Because of industrialization, it wasn't this great moral awakening of these European, you know, uh, countries. It was you didn't need it. It was it was actually cheaper to get the the machine to do it. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden they were like, people stopped supporting it because it wasn't benefiting them as much anymore. And as the support faded, they just said, okay, we're done with it. And I think the UK just paid like they 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 paid the people who had slaves and said, okay, we're done. In the U.S., though, it was very different because it's a very, very large country Mm -hmm. trying to enforce laws across the whole country. In the northern areas that were industrializing, they were like, nobody really needs it anymore. So then they start voting against it. In the southern states where it was less developed, they were demanding the right to keep slaves. So the the point I'm trying to make is don't don't give people credit for having a great moral awakening. It was just as soon as it doesn't benefit people anymore, then all of a sudden they're willing to let go because – there's better paths towards wealth. It's kind of creepy if you think about it, hmm. the way humans are. Yeah. I mean, but, and also we were talking about democracy and like now that we bring up slavery, that is one of the other reasons why I don't think democracy is a good way to judge a society's morality. I mean, if you look at where most of people, most of society's moral compass would have been during the slavery era, most people were white. Most people were fine with it. Does that mean yeah. that it was therefore moral for people to keep slaves? Oh, no. I mean, right, because they were the minority and everyone else thought it was fine. No, it does not. Yeah, not not cool. But it's uh, it, a bu- a, so many different cultures have functioned in, in basically the same way. It's like mm-hmm. a human universal. I think people, I'm, I'm fairly, uh, I don't want to say I'm optimistic or pessimistic. I say I'm, I'm very nihilistic or neutral when it comes to trusting humans' intentions. Right. I think pu- people are very self-interested. Yeah. Yes. That's- I think they can have empathy, but I think like learning about that, that's one of the biggest drivers of ending slavery was just they were making money doing other things. Mm-hmm. So it was not, the, it was not caring. It was a lack of caring. All of a sudden, they weren't threatened to lose their slaves, and they were making money doing other things. So they, they said, I don't care, whatever, do whatever you want. And it was probably a risk to hold <laughs> slaves. You know, if you could have a machine that did it for you, or you could have slaves that might end up murdering you or running away and, and causing violence. So there's less of a threat. You Technology. Know, the cha- humans change evolution as a result of necessity for the most part, not because it's morally just. Mm-hmm. It's just how it's pretty much been throughout the ages. Well, I mean, interesting addition to this conversation that could also apply to automation now right i mean it's the same thing with your cashier that you see at the checkout of a grocery store or at a restaurant that's why a lot of people are saying just like maybe they did slavery industrialization 
it's cheaper to automate. So now you no longer have a lot of those like hourly workers. You just have your little self-service scan thing or kiosk where you put in the order. Yeah, so, now nobody wants to work. But it's more than just the kiosks. It's a lot of other the, – the, the big problem there is we're not talking about forced labor. We're talking about parts of the economy that are being uh, right. uh, automated. And then people don't have work, can't get money. This, I think, is one of the reasons we see the rise of socialists. This problem emerges where people, through no real fault of their own – there's a lot of people who don't want to work. It's their fault. There's a lot of people who got automated out of the workplace. And then what, what do they get told? Learn to code. Not automated or even just technology displace them. And they get told, learn to code. And it's going to work. So what do you do? Well, we can't just be Luddites and be like, okay, we're banning technology because people need jobs. That's stupid. It's supposed to make things easier. But here's the problem. If we start giving these people money like UBI, what do you tell the farmer who has to work? Right. Well, they, the, the people who live in the cities, it's, it's, it's this way right now. People in New York, well, at least before the pandemic, Working for media companies are getting paid thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to write garbage trash articles about nonsense. Meanwhile, people are getting paid minimum wage to pick fruit on a farm. So how does that make sense? By the left's own standard, they should not be getting that level of pay for what they do. That's gonna be a big problem when we start when we when we create UBI. Or if Andrew Yang gets his way in New York City and tries doing some kind of UBI. You mean you're going to have someone who lives in New York City, of all places, one of the wealthiest places on the planet, getting free money to buy the apples that I pick for dirt wages? I'll just move to New York City. Get free money. Yeah. Why bother? Yeah, I don't like the job economy thing. The, the Federal Reserve is obsessed with creating job, creating employment for everyone. They want you to dig a hole, and they want you to fill the hole back up, and then they're going to loan you money for it and then expect you to pay, pay them back with interest. So they keep everyone busy. And you can see as we're automating that that doesn't work. People don't have things to do. And creating, you know, random things that don't benefit society doesn't solve that problem. Well, I think we we saw a lot of that kind of rhetoric from Joe Biden's recent, like, joint session speech, the State of the Union, which we're not calling the State of the Union. But anyway, um, the idea that, yeah, the government will just make jobs for people to have jobs. But I think the whole problem ultimately is that labor is and is not a commodity, right? It's a commodity in that it responds to supply and demand, but it's not a commodity in the, you know, if you have too many widgets sitting on the shelves, you just stop producing widgets for a while and then eventually you'll sell the ones that were overstocked. That's not true with labor. You have unemployment. People get restless. They need to be fed and things like that. And so, they riot. And they riot. So I think the problem why this automation is happening at the rate it is, it's A, people are campaigning for high minimum wages which just makes automation cheaper. And then B, you also have an immigration system that is welcoming in low-skilled workers who are competing for jobs that really the people who have those jobs are already in an extremely vulnerable position. So it's just a bad a bad situation all around. Maybe we just need, you know, an, an individual of, uh, of, of intelligence and merit to just rise up naturally and gain power huh. through the competitive system. Maybe somebody who understands, like, computers – because of like you know someone who's like a, a computer developer of some sort, like a Bill businessman, Gates. and then he can start deciding what's best for us. <laughs> yeah, like a technocrat, like a technocrat. Maybe, maybe I'm like kidding, a, by the way. Maybe like a like a dictator. Oh yeah. Like a like an artificial intelligence. No, no, more no, like Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Did I say that already? <laughs> like Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not a doctor, what but do he's got a lot need? of medical advice. For do us. we need like an AI that don't? <sighs> I don't yes. want an AI government, but I would like an AI advisor for our government. No, but the thing is, an AI advisor would be, I think, completely utilitarian. 
we would not as human beings be comfortable with what they yep. recommend or what it recommends. I don't know. Yeah, they'd be like, hello, Ian, you must die today because it will save three children. I disagree. Uh, maybe we could have like 90 uh, artificial intelligence advisors. This is one of the biggest challenges with self-driving cars. They, someone has to program in the car. If you're driving in your car and an old lady walks out in front of you, the car has to choose. Do I crash the car, killing the driver, or hit Kill the old the lady? Old lady. Someone's got to program that. Yeah. And those those are deep philosophical questions that I think even as humans we don't understand and we need to have debates about, which we aren't really doing right now. We're kind of just like kicking if, the can down the road, but I don't expect a machine were, to do if it. If you were driving and the car was like, Ian, will you die to save her? As you're like, heading, you're like, oh, I don't have time to think about. Could you, could you imagine like, so you mentioned the AI would be utilitarian, mm-hmm. but I think it's the only thing it possibly could be. How could there be an AI that was deontological? Yeah. In that it would Some say sort of Catholic AI. I don't know. But, 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 <laughs> no, but but imagine it, it's like it has to save everybody, but it's not possible. Yeah. So it's like imagine you're in the scenario where the car is driving and the old lady. Let's let's say something happens through. No, it's a, it's a no fault scenario. No one is at fault. Just it, something happens. Avalanche. No, no. It, it, there's got to be two people that are, one person's going. It, it's 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 a zero sum game where one person lives, one person dies. The AI, if it, if it was deontological, it could not commit an immoral act against any individual. Yeah. So it would recognize one person's going to die no matter what. I don't know which one. But so you, you have, have to let both die in that case because otherwise you'd be making a, a choice that would lead to someone else's death. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I guess it would let the, the it, five people die on the trolley. Yeah, exactly. Instead of the one. The utilitarian would let the one person die. Yeah, I would let the one person die. And it's like my, my husband, he's Catholic, and he studies philosophy, and he often tells me that I'm too utilitarian because he is, you know, deontological like that. Whereas I'm, I'm, I like to think of it as pragmatism. What's the difference between deontological and utilitarian? Oh my gosh, so this is where Liam would come in handy. And it's funny because he's explained this to me so many times, but I tend to tune out when he talks it's, about it. It's all oversimplify it for you. Spock is a utilitarian, and Captain America is a deontologist. It's very simple. Spock said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Captain America says we don't trade lives. Right, yes, that is good. Deontological is more like... The idea that... An, an immoral act against an individual, like you, you, are, you are barred from the doing ends such. do not justify the means. Yeah. I guess right on. Mm-hmm. Which the bad guys tend to be utilitarian. I guess in the instance of Spock, he wasn't. But that's I, I'm not a fan of utilitarianism. It's where like there's there's the, the problem with it is that you start it's 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 very much like the equity argument. You start trying to decide what about someone is worth more than something else. Well, I mean. Not to bring up the Avengers, but that's why Thanos uh, was in favor <laughs> yeah. of the Infinity Stones, just randomly selecting half the people because he believed the world was over or the universe was overpopulated. What an idiot. 
He was really dumb. Yeah, the book made him better. He he was trying to please a woman. Did you read the comic? Oh, well, no. he was trying to please that's death. Worse, Mistress though. Death. That's yeah, he wanted he wanted worse. to love him. I like the mo- that's the movie thing is more poignant. Right, right. That's the, the movie yeah. is updated and it was originally. Huh. Uh, yeah, he's utilitarian. Yeah, he says he kill half of the universe to to protect the other half. But and then what? A few generations, you're back to where you started. It's a terrible idea. And someone I, I saw someone else. Uh, There's a meme where they're like, why didn't he just double the amount of resources by snapping his fingers? Oh. Yeah, he's yeah. a bad guy. Good question. Yeah. Because he was trying to, I, because he wanted a woman, Mr. Steph. So here's, here's, that was here, my, that was here's, here's my issue with the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. You know, the, the equity thing, right? They say, oh, this person is more deserving than that person for this reason. You mentioned it with the sandwich. Yes. The child's view, the, the, the child who has no experience, no wisdom, sees a hungry person and a, and a well-fed person and says, give the sandwich to the hungry person. And what the wise person says is, well, hold on. Why are you, why is this person starving? And why is this person well-fed? Who made the sandwich? There's a lot more questions than just, I'm going to give it to you. So when it comes to utilitarianism, here's, 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 here's the version of the trolley problem. I have a first, you, you, you know the trolley, pro, trolley problem. Right. right. There's a trolley going down a track and you have the switch and you have to decide if it's going to go down no, no, the track no, and no. kill one person or go to this track and kill five no. or something like that. There's a trolley heading down a track with five people on it. It will hit and kill all five people. You can pull a lever to switch the track with only one person on it. The act of switching the lever condemns the one person who was safe to begin with. Would you kill that one person by your choice who was safe to save five people? So the darker side of me says, who is that person? But, and who are the other five? But I mean, just philosophically speaking, I would. Okay, now here's, now here's the bigger question. There's a bunch of iterations of the trolley problem. Let's try it. Let's try it. Ian, what would you do? Would you let the trolley Jeez. kill the five people or would you choose to kill the person? No, who's... no. If I had a split second decision, I would kill one instead of five. I would so, have to so make that, that So that means that one person who would have normally lived, you are choosing to, to, ha- to kill them to save those five. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now let's say the one person has the cure for cancer. Exactly. That's no, no, the and, and, and you know it. And you know it. Oh. And I he's. Kill the and five. You, you let the five die. Yeah. See, that's where things yeah. become problematic with utilitarianism. Mm. You, as now let's play another game. The five people are critical race theorists, and the one person is Jordan Peterson. Oh. I love Jordan Peterson. So you're saying the five have the cancer, and the one has the cure. Basically, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no. What I'm, I'm saying is there's five prominent critical race theorists uh-huh. and uh-huh. one prominent, you know, anti, anti I feel like I can't answer this without people calling me a murderous extremist though, right. because of And the crazy thing, this is what the government does. This is their job. Okay, okay, okay. Who dies? Let's let's take it out of American politics. Okay. It's uh uh there's five supporters of Vladimir Putin. Uh, and no, this doesn't this doesn't work. Uh yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Okay, yeah. Five supporters of Vladimir Putin and one opposition activist who's prominent. Save the one. You'd save the one. So the yeah. issue is now... You're making moral judgments over whose life is... Based on your subjective view of what is right and what is wrong. That's the right. problem with utilitarianism. And they'll do like there's, you know, they'll say like, I don't like saying black and white people, but let's just for whatever reason, there's there's 10 black people that, uh, and by, by the numbers say that they make less money, so... But then there's five white people, and the numbers say they make more money. So where are we going to send the money? We're going to send it to these ten black people. But you find out later these ten black people have make way more money than these five white people. They're just going by the yeah. numbers in the book and making these these bland or they were, or they were, go, they were going decisions. by capital gains yeah. and not by you know hours worked. 
But I mean, I right. understand the criticism that you, through utilitarianism, you're necessarily like putting your moral values onto the situation. But I guess like in business, they say even making no decision is making a decision. So I, my response to that would be that it's impossible from like an ontological perspective to avoid that. Most people, I, I think most people say they wouldn't pull the lever. They would ignore it. They, they don't want anything to do with it because you are choosing. So right now, the five people on the on the track, they're in that circumstance having nothing to do with you. If you intervene, you make the choice to kill someone. So most people say, "I wouldn't." I but wouldn't it's get it's essentially whether the ends justify the means. Like in in the scenario, if you kill someone, essentially you make the choice to pull that lever. It does end with five people being alive right. versus so, five people being dead. So you both said you'd pull the lever. To save the five, right? Yeah. What if it's five 80-year-olds and one baby? I pull the lever. Or, sorry, like, I kill the 80-year-olds. So you don't pull the lever. Yeah, I don't pull the lever. In that circumstance, you let them die. Yeah. See, that's the problem with utilitarianism. You have a personal subjective moral view on who should live or die. And it's But again, I don't think that's a problem of utilitarianism versus just an aspect of any philosophical grounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's based on... um, what, what do they call it when like you get you get the numbers of how many people live in this demographics? It's based on like demographic, you know, book numbers in a book. Like they don't yeah. know who needs what, but they're my, giving it to people based on what they read. I guess like my, my my view of utilitarianism is that you are accepting the fact that losses or deaths will happen, and then you approach the problem in order to minimize the losses and maximize the gain. So I approach it almost like business. So you, you guys have seen all the memes that have popped up about the trolley problem. Yeah. yeah. My favorite one is it's one single track with a ton of people. Yeah, I've seen crushed. that lately. And it says, you can stop the trolley at any time, but it would cause a loss of corporate profits. <laughs> 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 like people are getting run over. Oh, my gosh. It's, like it's, that, uh, that it's m- funny because there's corporations that function that yeah. way. Like that Monsters, Inc. meme. Like, uh, I'd let a thousand children die before I let this yes. company burn or go mm-hmm. under whatever. Yeah, man. So these are, the t- these are the tough questions we're getting into now with uh, technology, AI, with the Great Reset, with climate change. With healthcare, even. Yep. If you're especially Canadian or coming from the NHS system, there are calls that need to be made and like there's limited resources to go around. Yeah, I, th- I love how these leftists tweet that there are no, there's no such thing as scarcity. There was a story about some kid in like uh, Alabama or something. There, he needed gene therapy that would cure his, his disease and it was like a million dollars. And the state was like, we can't pay that. Sorry. And then... People were complaining, like, you have to pay it. You, otherwise, he dies. Like, you have no choice. And they were like, it's a million dollars. And they're like, what's the value of a life? Ugh. And it's like, yeah, but we don't have it. Yeah. Like, we can tax everybody, I guess. What's the That's cost of a human life? Um, there's there's actual numbers you can look up yeah. in terms of how the market values human life. Yep. I think it's like $180,000 something. Is what it's worth or what it costs? Yeah, based on the organs that could be sold or something. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I see. That's a tough. That's a tough number to figure yeah. out because what what could they contribute to society? What are they going to take away from society? Well, that's why I mean, like life insurance proves that not everybody's life is worth the same because not everyone's going to get the same payout if they die. Also, I watch a lot of like murder crimes. Like, <laughs> don't get life insurance if you're on rocky grounds with your spouse. Yeah, it's just what I'm gonna say. <laughs> if you're fighting with your wife and she says she wants to sign you a new life insurance policy, just yeah, be skeptical. But I mean, the, the whole issue of scarcity is when, the, like you were saying, the left does not understand, and I think that's the reason why we have so many of these economic questions regarding things like minimum wage regarding healthcare is that they don't want to accept that scarcity is a real thing even regarding like the housing situation yep 
Yeah, I, you know, the, the oil and gas industry and the copper industry has been holding us back from fusion generation and, like, atomic printing and, like, a, a, a land of less scarcity, if not total, you know, dissolution of scarcity. But, and I think the critical theorists see that, and so they, they're acting as if they've already it won. It applies to everything. Yeah. yeah. Every... And, and it's not yet. So, so there's massive scarcity right now. It, it's severely difficult to get materials into the middle of the desert right mm-hmm. now. Maybe that'll change one day, but... You know what's really crazy? Just like, because you mentioned the desert, Las Vegas is being terraformed or nice. reclaimed. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, because they're bringing grass in. Mm. And then here's the craziest thing. You know what's changing the landscape of Las Vegas more than anything else? Human beings go into the bathroom. Huh. Huh. Fertilizer. They fly on planes, and they have water in their systems, and they land, and they deposit water. Wow. Huh. They bring food in with them, and they bring in more water than they take out. That's interesting. It's really crazy. I was reading about it, and they said food is the biggest contributor to the the reclamation of Las Vegas, as well as grass. They're shipping in water. They're planting grass. The grass helps retain moisture, and they're turning a desert into, like, a not desert or That's whatever. That's interesting because I think they're they're trying something along China's border as well with the Gobi Desert to prevent des- desertification. Um, they're planning, like, almost like a green wall or something to try yeah. to provide they're, they're, a barrier. They're, they're doing that in the uh, the, the southern Sahara. Yeah. They planted all these trees to stop the desert from spreading. We got to start just doing those projects. It's like we want to go to Mars and stuff. That's cool, too. But let's also, like, reclaim all these deserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Sahara sand is ocean sand. They yeah. find seashells and stuff. It seems That's like it's from the so Great Flood. That's why there's so much oil. The Great Flood. Because you have all the microorganisms that kind of. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's why there's oil. We could put it back in the ocean. That's something I want to do. Dude, the Sahara is massive. I know. Just dig it on. Build drones that can just carry it into the ocean. It's like thousands of Dump miles. Mm-hmm. Just all what day. if like what if they just dug like a massive trench from the middle of the Sahara all the way to the western coast and just let the water flood in? Like a river? Yeah. Probably that'd be cool. New beachfront property. It's all salt water though. You can't really do anything with it. Hmm. Maybe but I don't think that's with like within the capabilities of human beings right now. I mean no, it is, but like not within the willpower. That would be a great global human cause is to what? fix the Sahara. Regreenify the Sahara because it used to be a like a, a jungle, like a like a forest with rivers and rain. And it's this, the desert spreading, so it's yeah. just destroying organic matter, and then water gets ripped out and can't be held. What's the, what's spreading it? Is it the wind? Yeah, it is like spreads the sand and stuff like that. Makes it harder for plants to grow. And so what's happening in Vegas is humans are rejecting it. Humans are like forcing stuff to go there. That you we're such. A, a part of our ecosystem. Like I was thinking of the animals that eat the fruit that carry them and then they crap out the seeds over there and then it plants the tree. And like, that's yeah. we're like, that's isn't, us. Isn't soil. just like dead stuff. Isn't dirt I, like I outside think, just dead stuff. I think. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. like we're just, we're, we just, we just live on the, on the, on the, on the, on the cemeteries of all of the billions of organisms yeah. that came before us. All that dirt. Is, yeah. I got to find out. Cause yeah, I, look I've heard up. that before. Like, what is dirt? I'm pretty sure it's yeah, like yeah. decayed organic matter. Yeah. Just like rots there. And then the plants the grow out of it. Stuff, yeah. Just the rotting corpses of the billions of animals and bacteria and plants. And uh, we're walking on top of it. Huh. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's see it. What is it? All right. Is dirt dead organic matter? Dirt is dead. It yeah. has none of the minerals, nutrients, or living organisms found in soil. It is not, not an oh, organized right. ecosystem. Soil. There is no topsoil or hummus or worms. Yeah, no, look up soil. Dirt is dead and does not... Okay, I'll look up what is soil. Yeah, like dirt's different. Dirt's like the gritty stuff on the sidewalk, you know what I mean? Sand, yeah. Is soil dead? So like when you walk out into like the forest, all the ground is like... That's like decaying organic matter, isn't it? Yeah, because like when the the trees fall or when... It just stays there and then it decays. Oh, the well-decomposed organic matter in soil, the very dead, is called hummus. Humus. Humus. Yeah. 
I'm so learning hummus. new things today. Yeah. I like I like roasted garlic hummus. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a different okay. kind of humus. Some use the term humus to describe all soil organic matter. Some use it to describe just the part you can't see without a microscope. Interesting. I don't know. So maybe part of soil is is humus. We are standing on a, on a mass grave of life. Yeah. And yeah. we don't even realize. We don't even care. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's also okay. what oil is. That's what's powering most things for us. Yep. Yeah. What a crazy reality. I Creepy. know. Yeah. Let's read some super chats. Yes. If you haven't already, please, my friends, you must smash that like button. But I'm going to start saying something more and more often. A lot of people say, like, what can we do? You know, we, we, we believe in the things you guys talk about. And uh, we said yesterday with Jack, it really is sharing. I mean, it is. You can call it a shameless blog. Like, make sure you share the show. But think about it. If people are only getting CNN, how do we beat CNN? I mean, their ratings on TV are down, but their ratings on YouTube are, are, are massive. If people choose to take this video and put it on their Facebooks, on their Twitters, it would be exponential. If every day, every single person who watched shared, it would be an exponential growth. We'd be bigger than CNN overnight. It's really about your willingness to engage in that way. And maybe it's not my show, but it's it, it, Steven Crowder or uh, Project Veritas, share <coughs> all of it. And tell other people to or share Lauren's it. Or Lauren's show. Or Lauren's, or Lauren's show. show. What is your show? <laughs> right here. I'm shouting Crowder out. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, Lauren Chan, or at the Lauren Chan on Twitter, Instagram. I try to be the like the same username everywhere and on all platforms. I'm so into creating a community or community in general with yeah. the internet video. Like, like it's, I don't got to like, share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, get, and, and work together. Think about it this way. The people who share CNN do it mindlessly. Yeah. They see Don Lemon and they're just like, they click in and they, and they post share. And that's crazy to me. Reflexive. How is it that, that, that CNN is able to muster up more shares on their content than the active people who are actually paying attention and want change to happen? Probably name recognition. I think it's just yeah. because there's a lot of regular, normal, normal people who just click the share on CNN and they're not paying attention. Well, I think it's like, it, it is that name recognition. Like, oh, CNN, news, share news. Bart Simpson was put in a remedial classroom and he said... We are so, how are we, we're supposed to catch up to them by going slower than they are. Ooh. And that's what that, that, and they were, cause yeah. they were, you know, yeah. So that means if we're on a treadmill and we're slowly moving backwards when we stand still. So we decided to just walk forward. We're staying where we are. Meanwhile, CNN's got that natural push. YouTube puts them on the front page. Regular people know CNN and they share it. CNN gets put in movies like Iron Man and stuff. That means we've got Airports. to, we, we've got to be running yeah. on that treadmill. Yeah. Their treadmill's going slower. Because because the algorithm is sharing it more for them, so they don't have to run as hard as we do. I think I think we're on, the, we're on that path, though. I think I think CNN's not long for this. Uh, no, because you don't get the business workout. CNN's no, treadmill's no. not moving at all, man. They don't even. They just stand. Bro, there. they get hundreds of millions of views per. YouTube is true. They're it's, being they're being propped up. Haven't so, like, their views dipped though since Trump got out? Only on I'm um, probably yes on YouTube, but mostly it's TV ratings mm. on YouTube. It's like hundreds of millions of views, hundreds of millions. Like four or five times what Crowder gets, Dickens. you know, uh, 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 six, you know, five or six times what we get. The weird thing about YouTube news is I can't tell the difference of what's an NBC video, what's an MSNBC, what's a CNN. When I see the thumbnail, I don't know. I just yeah. see the face and the words and I click it or don't. Well, what's annoying about YouTube, the way their news algorithm works is that I know, at least in Canada, the authoritative sources are things like CBC and CTV, which no one watches. Exactly. So you'll be on the front page and you'll see these stories and it'll be like published five hours ago, 2,000 views, front page of YouTube. But it's like, okay, well, that <laughs> that's definitely AstroTurf. Like, that's not organic. They're, they're showing them favoritism. 
CNN's main channel, just one of their channels, gets 141 million Whoa. views in the past 30 days. They gain over 100,000 subscribers a month. We're competing with them. I wonder what their marketing budget is like for those. Because Crazy. This TimCast marketing budget is, I think, close to zero. zero relatively Organic, zero. Yeah. But it, well, yeah, yeah. We haven't, like, pumped... Nothing's all organic. Forty million dollars a year into marketing or whatever the heck. The those only do. The, the only commercial we've run so far is recently on Will of the People, the song, for no other reason than vanity. I think like let's let's you know I got a song let's let's it's made to be listened to so we'll promote it. Yeah. I think Ben uh, and Culture Daily Wire they they push tons tons good and marketing tons. very yeah. good and that that has a good return marketing. So we're gonna start doing marketing for sure. We're gonna start doing more. Right now it's just social media organic growth. But that's why it's like, look at this one thing you can do. You can become a member at TimCast.com because I'll tell you this. The money that we get from TimCast.com, when you become a member and that $10 or that 25 whatever you give goes into the account for us, it's going towards us hiring more people, doing more shows, and building more and more and more. So it's not just that you are buying a membership to get access to exclusives. You're actually buying the expansion of what we do. So if you like what we do... No, like we're not going to be. I know, I know, it's going to break your heart, Ian. We're not buying an infinity pool. I'm sad, Tim. Or we are going to get a hot tub. <laughs> well, now I'm happy, Ooh. but it's going to be powered by Dogecoin mining. I've heard. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited. Saltwater hot tub. What do you I don't know. The plan was to get a bunch of GPUs and have them mine Dogecoin so it heats the water, and then you get. A hot tub. <laughs> I hear you can get an ozone hot tub. The ozone cleans the water. We're Apparently going to mine Dogecoin. I'm into it and use. <laughs> And to the, the and moon, baby. The hot tub will be the cooling system. <laughs> yes, the hot tub is the coolest I system. I love it. Hey, well, here we go. Also, we when you subscribe to this channel and Lauren's channel, click the bell button. Yes. Because then you'll get notified yeah. when the videos go live. And then go to the top URL bar, click control, click it, and then control C, and then go to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and wherever you can and just paste control it. And call B. your mom if you haven't talked to her in a while. Yes. <laughs> Let's read some super chats. All right. Stupid Spin Videos says, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About six to 12 months. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's <laughs> a good one. Dude, AMC hit, what, 28 bucks today? Did yeah, you see that? I'm not that. following it. No. I hear wow. Cassandra keeps tweeting about it. She's pumped. I bought some a AMC, like, literally a very, very small amount because I like going to the movies. And I thought that there's, like, I saw their stock and people were talking about it. I'm like, dude, their stock's going to go up when the movies come back. Because mm -hmm. they're doing a bunch of releases only in theaters soon. And I'm like, I, dude, I loved going to the movies. I miss it. Yeah. yeah, it's like what the, like once a week, every weekend. It's like let's go to the movies, and we and then we go out for pizza or something. That was it. That was the night out, and they got rid of it. It's yeah. fun, and it's not fun just turning the TV on and watching HBO Max or yeah. whatever. Boring. Yeah, boring. So we have like a big projector, but it's not the same. No, you know, it's not you the get, same. You got it's, some good popcorn there. Yeah, and 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 it, it's it's I'm only satisfied when I spend twenty dollars on a box of Sour Patch Kids. It's true. Yeah, it's got it's got to be expensive. Ten dollars soda. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like when you go into the movie when it's light out, and then you come out and it's yeah. dark. My right. dad's he's weird though. He'll like he's like he puts like snacks in my purse to, like sneak in. <laughs> you gotta oh, smuggle them in. But he's like Asian, so they're they're they get increasingly complex. He gave me like sautéed squid once. Wow. Like, what, yeah. Dad? Why? <laughs> All right, John. John Lee says, "Hey Tim, I know you are busy with the other website and stuff, but I just want to ask: Is the chicken stream going to be on the new website? And do I need to pay another membership for the new website? Um, Timcast.com 
is there's no that's it. If you're a member at TimCast.com, you're good. All the content's going to be there. Chicken City is going to be a live YouTube channel, and um, we're, we're we're getting a chicken whisperer to come out to help us get it set up. Oh yeah. And then it's just you know we're gonna have merch. So we have seven chickens now. We had six before, but we we adopted Dorothy. She's older, and so there's going to be she she probably won't be part of the of, of the crew. Aww. But we're gonna do we're gonna do merch. So there's gonna be like a picture of you know like Is Vanessa, Margaret, Sarah. They're all they all have names, and there'll be shirts designed based on each individual chicken. And then Cute. you can support those chickens by buying those shirts. Uh, we were trying to feed Team Dorothy. Vanessa. Dorothy, some no, Margaret. Uh, oh, it was Margaret earlier. Yeah, because she wasn't eating cicadas. She would eat yeah, the cicadas. but me and the cat were sitting right next to the the chicken, She's and the chicken out. was flipping out. So Aww. I think that was I took Buck away. So when I feed her. whenever I throw in the cicadas, Margaret won't. She just looks at him and like pecks him a little and like gets gets She's scared. So she used to be the biggest one too, and then Dorothy, who's older than everyone, just one shots all the cicadas, just like. Oh, oh, oh. Like it's like Homer eating donuts, so we gotta like push her back. Like, dude, you had twelve already. You're gonna get sick. But the other chickens have have a go at it. But we'll we'll begin it up soon. It's uh there's there's, there's challenges in like we're, we'll use GoPros because they're waterproof ish, but they still have to be plugged in all the time. So we'll we'll figure it out. But um we'll we'll try and get it set up. I think I think in this next weekend I think we should be getting it set up, and it's gonna be a twenty four seven live stream. We need to hire a composer. We need someone who writes music. So that we can get about a couple hours worth of lo-fi hip-hop beats <laughs> to watch Chicken City 2 yeah. yes. and then just have the stream going. All right. OMG Puppy says, check out the UFO debunking videos on YouTube. David Falch shows some of them are IR images of aircraft. Thunderfoot has demonstrated some are birds and camera aperture artifacts. Huh. So what you're saying, the government is lying about aliens now? Yeah, is that's that what, what I was I was going to say. Like, I feel like the government knows about stuff. Like, the, the military intelligence would probably have ways to check that. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I would think. All right, we got a two, two-parter here from Stephen Valdez II. Tim, what is your advice concerning cryptocurrency? Um, I don't have any advice for you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I love it. I think there's a common Bitcoin to me is I, Bitcoin is the only truly decentralized, you know, gold value system. Everything else is a company, you know, for the most part. Like Dogecoin is kind of decentralized, but it's, it's a lot weaker. It's, 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 a, it's all right. Bitcoin is truly decentralized, deflationary. No one can take it over. They can try, but there's people fighting, you know. Uh, Ethereum is basically like buying a resource that a company owns and controls. So, But I, I like cryptocurrency. Um, I'm going to be buying more of it. Steven says, Lauren, will we see an Asian president in our lifetime? I don't know. I... I, I would rather see a competent president, personally. That's where my interests lie more. I so you're saying, know. yes, you want an Asian president. I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> <Basically>, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care about stuff like that, though. Much more right. Asia. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, in our lifetimes, how Probably. old are you? I think so. I got a good 50, 60 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clay Chapman says, Tim, if we get a video to 100K likes, can we be rewarded with guest shoe on head? All right, here we go. Everyone listening right now. If we can reach 100,000 likes and Shoe on Head chooses to come on the show, or if just Shoe on Head chooses to come on the show, then we'll have Shoe on Head because she's already been invited and she just doesn't want to come on the show, I guess. So there you go. Uh, get us to 100,000 likes anyway. Yeah, let's go. Tristan Rosario says, Tim, I'm a conservative game designer. Shout out my game, Our Dilemma, available in early access on itch.io, where there's a link to my Patreon. I also sent you an email titled Narrative Designer for FPS Game, where you can see my work. Right on. Mm, cool. 
Don't need to know, says you're being shadow banned. Didn't get notifications. Couldn't find it on my subscribed list. Had to go to your page to get it on here, which means you should take the URL and share it with as many people as you can, because this is that's the point. Also, had you clicked the bell button? I want to know. I, I know you just matters, super dude. chatted. It's hard. Apparently, that's how you get the notifications. As you no, gotta... but I mean, it's it's kind of a roll of the dice. I have notifications on for some channels, but sometimes I won't get them, or I'll get them way later. Even if yeah. it's a live, I'll get them after well, they're already off. Getting them way later isn't always a bad thing, because they don't want to send it to literally every single person at the same time. Then you get less views, actually. Huh. So they delay it and stagger it. But the system's imperfect. I will say it's a free marketing system. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's free marketing. Look, if you, if, if, so the people like who are telling me this, you chose to come to this show, you know when it is, you know when it's live. Could you imagine if people's TVs automatically just like popped up Tucker Carlson every day? They don't do that. You have to choose to watch Tucker. You have to choose to watch this. It is beneficial to us when YouTube recommends us though. All right. Darun Albane says, Tim, buy the Tesla power backup, store the external part till you get a new building up and just charge from the grid plus propane generator. If the propane gener- generator is only for the battery charging, you will not need three to four of them. You can only get them with solar panels. But the good news is we are getting solar. Um, we, were, we were trying to wait until we got uh, um, a better roof because we we're going to redo the garage. But at this point, with the power getting knocked out the other day, yeah, we'll just get the batteries. Thanks but, for that super chat, by the yeah. way. Fine Castle says, nothing makes my day like Tim having one of my favorite Canadians on. Yay. Love your content, Lauren. Speaking of Canadians, will you ever interview Tom McDonald? Tom is has, a, has an open invite. Yep. Uh, I've spoken with him, but, you know, he's a big shot, man. It's like, come on. He's busy, busy. Yeah, he's a busy guy. He's super famous. I would be I would be very, very grateful for him to come on this show, but, uh, you know, busy guy. Westside Power Sports Sea-Doo Parts says, Tim, you keep asking people to share this video, but f- Facebook has throttled my page so bad I get little to no response despite having 2,000 plus friends. Mm. I can't thank, I, I can thank them though. I now spend little to no time on Facebook. <laughs> well, you know. That same thing happened to me. Mm. So weird. Political Pothead says, stop being so pessimistic. Look at independent hip hop. Tom McDonald, Upchurch, Adam Calhoun, Jelly Roll, Struggle Jennings, plus music via NFTs. Decentralization takes time. Yeah, I'm optimistic for that stuff, you know. So maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe we are on a good a good track. All right. BC says, Tim, I think the letter written to Slate is real. I worked with a guy who intentionally dehydrated himself so he wouldn't have to leave his office to use the restroom during the workday. <laughs> Whoa. Yikes. Okay, so I do this on road trips and while traveling. I have a tiny black... Why am I sharing that's this? That's different. This is good info. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know why. Okay, whatever. Um, I could believe... Th- that's not the same, though, no, as not. wearing a mask. What? No, that's not the same. Yeah, it's different. They call it water fasting. Yeah. yeah. Don't Weird. It. Or dry fasting is what they call it. Yeah, yeah. All right, where Dude, we Dude, that at? story about the guy that wears a mask during sex is insane. Does, like, he not realize other bodily fluids are being exchanged? Yeah, I don't Can know. you get sick that way, though? They said originally. That, that, yeah. That All right. Mark Walton says, War of the Worlds broadcast really did scare a lot of people. My father has told me that my grandfather thought it was real. They had no way of knowing it was not not a real news broadcast. They had no internet back then. Sounds like yeah. Rachel Maddow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It> does, <isn't laughs> Just kidding, Rachel. No, it's no, you're zero. right, actually. But it, that's kind of funny because I've noticed there are a lot of like horror movies now that take place during the 80s or 90s. And I think the sole reason is because cell phone and internet. Yeah. Like, those two things pretty much nip most horror plots in the bud. Yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, Jordan Fox says, Tim, can you make TimCast.com bumper stickers? I'll display it on my vehicle to help spread the word about your show. Keep oh, it the great work. Yeah, we can. Good idea. There we go. Like it. Paul Lemur says, Tim, please do something with Freedom Tunes with your Fauci impersonation, having him spew all sorts of outlandish nonsense about vampires and zombies, etc. Seamus, are you listening? I, I, will, I will be Dr. Fauci for you for Freedom Tunes. <laughs> a droplet. Remember that? He said it might stop a droplet. <laughs> yeah. Doobie McNasty says, I'm so glad we don't have an idiot in the White House anymore. JK, it's worse than ever. <laughs> John Marafa says, question for Lauren. You said you saw the biggest rat ever in New York City. So when did you meet Bill de Blasio or was it Andrew Cuomo? <laughs> Although, I mean, to get the actual question, I think Cuomo is slimier than de Blasio. I think so too, yeah. Especially with the ladies, it seems. Doobie McNasty says, could you imagine how different the political landscape would be if it were Tulsi versus Donald? I feel like it would still be kind of crazy, but the situation we're in right now makes me pull my hair out. WTAF is going on. A lot. Too much. Garhand says Lightfoot will lose the lawsuit. Do the interview, and she will have to eat a river of detritus in the interim. In the interim. She'll have her CRT views put in print and visible to all. She'll lose her election. Maybe. Yeah, but she she can do the interview, and he'll be like, so you're pushing critical race theory you know, at at this level. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Next question. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, even interviews aside, campaign stuff aside, I've got a thing. Like, if you're someone who's living in Chicago right now and you see everything that's happening, how could you vote for the same mayor at the next election? I don't understand. No idea. That is weird. We have a very important question. Um, The Real Hydro says, Tim, when will your frontal lobe develop? I'm not sure. (laughs) Hopefully soon. You're in a permanent flow state. But I will say there's something tremendously scary if I don't have a frontal lobe and I've been able to be this successful and you haven't. <laughs> oh, 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 snap. I got that's you. Fine. Apparently that's how you go into flow is you quiet your frontal lobe. Oh, interesting. Or you hit don't, it. Don't develop. Oh, yeah. People <laughs> with head injuries are going to flow, like have like flow state. Yeah, they'll, they'll have crazy. Is that the thing from the movie like Soul where they like transport themselves to like the afterlife? I don't know. Yeah, that's what they they call it. (laughs) J-Max says, my son is eight and he has to help out. It's not a free ride. My daughter, too, and she's four. Too many worthless adults had parents that did everything for them. No allowance for chores that are expected either. You want to make money? You got to do more than than expected. Amen. You know what you do? You lock the fridge and you put prices on everything. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) Like a little quarter slot. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. No, no, no. You just make them buy it. So it's like your kid's like, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're like, all right, this costs 75 cents. What have you done to earn it? And then all the chores can be worth certain amounts. Yeah. That's fascinating. And then the best part is it's really easy to teach socialism because then when one sibling doesn't work at all, you take their money away and give it to them. When they start complaining about it, be like, don't vote for socialists. (laughs) There Mm -hmm. you go. Henry Vallis says, Tim and crew, please wish my beautiful wife, Rachel, a happy anniversary. We are huge fans and love you all. Also look into hemp-based building materials such as hempcrete, yes. hemp wool, and hemp wood. Cool. Also hemp herd for chicken bedding. Ooh. Cool. Wow. Happy anniversary, guys. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Rachel. David Salter says, Tim, I love the show except when you say GIF. Except <laughs> I the, did want to point. It's GIF, man. The inventor, yeah. the inventor yeah, of it says GIF. Yeah, but he was wrong. Yeah, but it's graphic. It stands for graphic. The Go guy who G. invented it. Says it's just is it graphic major? interface? Is that what it means? Interchange oh, format. Okay. Interchange format. And so you guys even know that you're trying to tell me. Yeah, about yeah it. I that's, do know that's that. peanut butter. I feel like we're in a time butter. warp right now. Didn't this happen before? <laughs> yes, we've talked it's, about it's this. It's Jeff. Tim's wrong. Okay. It's okay. 
It's so the, the, the guy who invented it said... It's GIF, isn't it? GIF, isn't it? No, he said it's GIF. <laughs> the guy who invented it said it. Yeah, but so Richard Stallman said it's GNU. His software, so new, it's GNU, like the animal, the and, new. And he, and he invented it, so he's, he's correct. Yeah, but GNU is pronounced new, not GNU. Yeah. He can call yeah, whatever he, he can, wants. Well, he oh. can invent a file format. That doesn't mean he invents the you English language. Could language. you imagine people, yes. like, being so dumb, they say something like uh, a, a magic giant was casting <laughs> a spell? Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. Here we go. Magic. Now we're talking. Here we go. No, it's magic. G-I-J. Magic. Oh giant. Okay. Mm-hmm. A but gigantic. it's not, it's not dross. It's gross. Yeah, because it could be either. Yeah, but the, the, sometimes there's a soft J and sometimes uh, there's just, a soft I G. Up. I give up. Let's go back to our super chat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What, what gives anyway? <laughs> yeah. uh, Joshua LeBlanc says, Lauren Chen is the joat. Oh, goat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he really did say goat, though. He got you. I love it. Jeffrey McCorbin says, Geoffrey. Yeah. The G. Okay, you made Question your point. for Ian. What are your thoughts on son- sonoluminescence? Oh, that, oh gosh, what is that? What is that? Ooh. That is, I know it's obviously something that's glowing. That's the luminescent part. Is it som, sano with an N? Sonic? Sonoluminescence. Oh, is that, that when they make, use sound to make light? Ooh. Yeah, it is. You can vibrate uh, a substrate and, and create light. What? In fact, you can create light out of the vacuum and then create electrons out of light. So you can basically create energy out of the vacuum. That's crazy. All right, let's see. Terry uh, Terramoto Jr. says, think what we're seeing in society is a spiritual Great Depression. Lacking purpose and belonging, we cling to anything to make us feel good about ourselves, no matter how delusional it might be. Yeah. People need to learn how to meditate. Yeah, I was just thinking that. We should take all these angry people and just, like, bring them to, like, an ancient yogi atop a mountain and have him just, like, tell them what's up. Yeah, you experience nothing. That's best sometimes. I tried the hippiest, most hipster thing the other day, but it ended up being great. It's this sound. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chair experience. So it's you You go on a chair and it like reclines. So it's almost the zero G position. And it vibrates in sync with like all these ocean sound stuff. Ooh, um, cool. So it's to help people meditate who can't shut off their minds. So it gives you something to focus on, like just the sound and the vibrations, and it's actually really cool. And I'm too like all over the place to meditate by myself, but it was amazing. How long did you do it for? I did it for like 30 minutes, but it's weird because I remember like I couldn't get into it, and then I looked at the clock and I had like 25 minutes left. I was like, oh, it's gonna take forever. And then two seconds later, I looked and I was done. And oh, I was it's like, amazing! What the heck? Were you yeah. in like a trance? Yeah, I mean, I it's almost like I fell asleep, but I wasn't sleeping. It was cool. cool. I'd never been able to, I guess, meditate successfully. It was cool. These, these, these people think they can get me. These they, they think I've learned. Yeah. Don't you th- don't you realize this? Oh, I'm going to read quick. it anyway. Do it, do it. Dead Eye says, "Tim, your ads on Spotify are jarring. They need to be smoother, like Michael Knowles <laughs> in his new book, Speechless: Controlling Words, Controlling Minds." Yes, what? What? Michael Knowles turned his promo for his book into a meme. Dude, that's how he you is going to sell it. so many books. It is the smartest thing ever. Yeah, he is a very intelligent fellow. Genius. Yeah. 
Like Luke that. Slivkoff says, awesome to see Lauren on the show. She was one of the first political podcasts that I listened to back when she was roaming millennial. Yeah. Great I show. Re- I remember messing up your name many times, Luke Slivkoff. Yeah. Where, where, where were you roaming to? Oh, it, well, it was because I had moved around so much. Oh, oh okay. Previously, there you yeah. Go. I used to love roaming millennial. Oh, thank you. But that show got canceled and replaced by the Lauren Chen show. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like Don Lemon. Right? Wasn't that like what Lemon did? Yeah, he canceled, not canceled. Oh yeah, you saw that <laughs> where he like tried to like fake quit. Fake yeah. quit. Yeah. yeah. What was the what happened with Roaming Melinda? Did you just decide one day to start using your own name? And yeah, I mean, like I essentially started doing like more in person stuff and like doing more newsy stuff, and then it got weird trying to like explain you what like that is. Black pigeon yeah. speaks. Yeah, and like I remember, like I went on the first time I was ever on like Fox and Friends, they like ad- accidentally doxed me anyway, mm. <laughs> like oh. live on air. Whoopsie. This is interesting. Yeah. Paul Wallace says it happens gradually and then suddenly. Hemingway's character was talking about bankruptcy, but it's true about many other things as true, well. Very true. Yeah, I think we're definitely at the point in the societal crisis that any day really could be the switch yeah. where yeah. it goes full, you know, full bore. Any kind of line graph. It looks like it's going up in a straight line, but if you if you zoom in, you'll see it's going like this, up, down, up, down. But it's constantly going up slowly, but when you zoom out, it looks like a fluid upward pattern. Ten years We're ago. We're close up on this. Yeah. Ten years ago, if you said to me that the country would collapse, I'd be like, no way. Yeah. yeah. At, if, 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 you, if someone came to me and said, it'll be next Tuesday, I'd be like, gradually and then suddenly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually yeah. at a point now where I believe it. That's scary. Yeah. Amanda Dilt says, has anyone on the show read the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind? If not, please give it a read. It shows what happens when communism comes up uh, comes up against the free choice and how one person can make change. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Euphoric Break says, under the Great Reset, you will live in pods in smart cities under 24-7, 365 surveillance. You will be lucky to get bugs in your diet of pills. Vans, you will be a serf living in a neo-feudalistic system with zero rights. <laughs> you might <laughs> not me <laughs> I'm the special one of course. Right. of course it'll never happen to me That's exactly right. these people are like the people who get bit in zombie movies and don't tell anyone because they think they're the special one who's not going to get sick dude that's the most annoying thing if I was if I was in a zombie apocalypse and I got bit I'd just be like guys Sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. Ooh, that'd be a hard scene to watch. I can't I would stand try it. Try when... to cut off my arm first if I was bit on the arm. Try yeah, to totally. Yeah, yeah just. Try I'd be it. like, ah. Yeah. That would be oh, very exciting. Oh, one of them. But it's too late. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I mean, it's just not real life that you get bit and then like a few minutes you turn into a zombie. No. Is that rabies? What? How long does that take? To a develop? month. Oh wow! It takes a while. Yeah, yeah a month. That would be a good zombie movie though, with something with like a slower lead up time where it takes longer to fester. Maybe like a like there's, a, there's like a minor virus that people get, yeah, and no one really cares about it, and then all of a sudden like a it's a, a, got like a second phase, and then people just start like Ugh! like if you've ever played Plague Inc, you know you gotta mm-hmm. put really high virility but low lethality to start off with, and then, yeah, and then turn it up, yep, yep, and then like once the movie ends, it like zooms out and then it goes through a screen and there's like a seven year old kid just like that would be so great, like Men in Black. Coldilocks says, the guy you had on yesterday or Tuesday was an idiot when it comes to World War II history. Britain, France, and America leaving leaving Germany alone was not an option, and Germany attacked France first. Documents found post-war showed plans for a U.S. mainland invasion. You know, France actually did invade Germany um, in well, 1939. Was, they did a, yeah. a, a failed invasion. Uh, didn't didn't go very well for them. Jeez. But, I mean, obviously, Germany... Tra- 
Jason Jason Bremen says, Ian, any idea what carbon footprint is caused by data mining and tracking bots? Can we save the planet by banning advertisers and data collection? Um, I don't know what, what amount of carbon footprint is made by that, but I, I tend to take the route of rather than reduce the amount of carbon emissions that we withdraw the carbon from the atmosphere and reuse like it. carbon capture stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deposit it onto like palladium to yeah. create graphene and things like that. I have a really good question. Igloo King says, Tim, quote, you're not going to vote your way out of this. Why would a tyrant give you your freedoms back? They won't. The actual quote I said is, why would Oregon give up their serfs? So the people of Oregon voted. They want to join Idaho. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's done. The people have ta- uh, rescinded their consent to Oregon, and they want to go to Idaho. If Idaho approves, I say, do it. Um, but they're not going to. Oregon's not going to give up their serfs. Then he says, also, Tim, I do not condone violence, and I do not call for people taking up arms. What to do? It's really easy. I've said it over and over and over again. We are in fourth and fifth generational warfare. You win by gaining control of institutions, by working there, by building culture, by sharing YouTube videos so that the predominant view shifts in the culture. And then you don't win. Back in the day when there was no communication, war was you marched in and demanded it. And if they didn't, then you had weapons. Today's day and age is you convince people, you propagandize, you share information, and the left does all of that in spades. So how do you win? You don't storm the Capitol because that's the biggest weapon. Most people not paying attention are shocked and scared by that. A lot of them probably don't care, but a lot of people view it as the apocalypse. You can see them propagandizing. That's how they win. And the cops aren't helping anybody. They're just doing what they're told. So you have to build culture and be peaceful, resourceful, and persuasive. Mm. And there you go. Jeff Ross says, would you, have consider, would you consider having Donut operate around the show? He's an ex-cop turned YouTuber that I think would be good content. And yes, absolutely, we would. Standing invite. I'm telling you guys. Uh, DudeX01 says, Charles Hoskinson, founder of Cardano and ETH, said that he would come on TimCast if he was invited on Twitter today. He was invited by Lydia on yes, Twitter. Yes, he was. Twice. Yeah, several times. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to have him. Lydia does all the booking. I so do indeed. There you go. DJ Madero says, Star Trek DS9 episode in the pale moonlight best defines what a man will do if he believes the ends justify the means. It's a dangerous ideology, if, you're, if you were to ask me. All right. Alexander uh, Ali says, Captain America said we don't trade trade lives, but vision and half the population died anyways. You can poke holes in either philosophy. Well, Well, but that's only because he lost. But I guess a utilitarian would argue that, I mean, trying to save everyone, like refusing to acknowledge the fact that there will be losses and taking the the initiative to minimize those losses will result in overall more people being hurt, regardless of how much you may try. AC130 says, great King of the Hill episode about the trolley problem. Hank is left with a decision to open the floodgates or destroy other homes and is hated after. Mm. That's why people don't, people just don't want to have the decision. So leave me out of it. I don't want to be responsible. People need to learn to be responsible, though. Yeah, because making no decision is a decision. That's, yeah. a, that's a good way of looking at that's it. That's Rush said. All right, we'll do a few more. <laughs> Let's see. BL42JD. Cool hearing Ian say GNU. What distro do you use, Ian? Uh, I currently don't. I use Windows. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Um, I've never, I've never used GNU, but I've studied a lot of Richard Stallman. I have a lot of respect for the guy. I, I'm sad that he went through the whole cancel culture thing. Um, you know, I think his text was kind of, I don't know. Did you guys are you familiar with Richard Stallman? What he did? He built the GNU 
uh, system, the free software, kind of created the free software movement, and then he wrote something about Epstein and, like, supporting people that went there. I don't know. And then MIT fired him. But he, it's unfortunate because he's kind of like the Yoda of computer code. Oh, man. Here's a good good one. Oh, OMG just remembered. I was listening to you, and my dad recognized your voice and said to me, is that the hat guy? It <laughs> <laughs> ah, is the hat guy. It is the hat guy. Hey. That's me. Ah. Kayla Sherrard says, a modern trolley problem my professor posed is the algorithms in self-driving cars to prevent accidents. Would we avoid crashes by crashing into pedestrians? Might demographics come into play with time? Well, that's what people are already asserting with AI, that it is racist. Because apparently <laughs> more yeah. black people have been run over or, or something. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what they're thinking there. But yeah. Mike Sullivan says, love Lauren's response about the trolley. Five cancers to society and one with the cure. <laughs> Truly no malarkey. <laughs> all right, all right. And by My the way, point no malarkey was, is our podcast. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, no malarkey. Is, that, is it Joe Joe Biden fan podcast? <laughs> no, no, it's, there's no malarkey. That would be a lot that of malarkey. Ah, yeah. oh, yes, yes, yes. Much malarkey. Yeah. Mucho malarkey. Spanish language anti Biden podcast. <laughs> no, pro Biden. Sorry. Mucho malarkey. <laughs> All right. Aaron Bortner says you guys should come to Gettysburg, PA area. Nice place. And Tim, if you come up that far, I'll take you to a nice cement skate park in York. Free. Cool. Ooh. We should. Um, Search for ghosts at Gettysburg. Oh my gosh! If you ever want to do a ghost hunting series, I'm I, there. I just bought some EMF detectors because we're going to be doing this paranormal show. Yeah, but I must stress there is no evidence or anything indicating EMF has anything to do with right. ghosts. It could be subatomic vibration. Imagine, I'm curious what it is. Imagine a, like a, a, a dude in the 1800s just like walking around with some kind of like magnifying glass, looking at things. Saying like I'm going to use this device, which allows us to see smaller things, and like you'd by today's standards, you'd be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. So in like a hundred years, they're going to look back and be like, these people were so. I'm dumb. looking for. Well, ghosts. I mean, like infrared <laughs> stuff. They say cold spots, or I don't know. Yeah, we can get night vision goggles. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And then, I want to find and a find ghosts. House. All right, let's see. We'll do. Uh, we'll do uh, one more. We'll do two more. Mingno Sullivan says, summer coming up. When will you be selling Fauci flip-flops? We won't because I don't have the rights to his likeness. So Get it, though? Flip-flop? Here's, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I love flip-flops. it. Here's, here's the, uh, the last. We'll do one more. Dead, Deadeye says, Michael Knowles is smart with his marketing campaign, but don't forget about Michael Malice's new book, The Anarchist Handbook, available now. Right. You guys, go buy those books. Love Make them Malice. number one on Amazon and so that when regular people go on Amazon, they see those books. Cultural enforcement. That's right. That's cool. What's Anarchist Handbook about? Are you guys familiar i mean other than anarchy the obvious but it's uh it's about michael malice's handbook for anarchism yeah so he's basically breaking down what is anarchy he goes through I guess history I, I could ask him about yeah it. he talks about uh what's her face emma goldman is that her name i think so and Something then that, like that guy that that cute guy he was talking about on the show and like time. yeah Good that's right. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Go to facebook.com slash timcast IRL and follow, like the page, and share the videos because we are going to leverage the Facebook network to get people to join our website, timcast.com. Yes. Go to timcast.com, become a member. We're going to have a bonus segment coming up. And that's where we say the things YouTube gets mad at us for, and we swear a whole lot. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram as well, at timcast IRL. And you can follow me at timcast basically everywhere. 
We do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m., so we're always around. Give us a good review. Lauren, you want to shout out your show? Sure. So uh, you can find me, like I said, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute, Lauren Chen. Uh, on there, I host a weekly podcast with my friend Marie Oaks, who is also a journalist for the Westphalian Times. It is called No Malarkey. I think our next episode, we've already filmed it, should be going up tomorrow. And uh, I don't have a Patreon. So as always, if you do want to support my videos, you can head on over to clearlypure.com. It's my family's bath and body company. We're actually having a Father's Day sale right now. Oh, cool. uh, let's see. if uh, it, It's like a sliding thing. So if you buy like $100 worth of stuff, use the code DAD20, get 20% off. And if you buy $50 worth of stuff, use the code DAD10, get 10% off. So yeah, that's what I have instead of a paywall. So It's nice. clearly yeah. pure P-U-R? Yeah. So C-L-E-A-R-L-Y-P-U-R.com. And that, yeah, that helps keep the it's videos going. really and, good material. You brought some soap last time. I loved it. It oh, was sort of, I have the yeah. salt soap. I was, oh, it just feels so good on my face. Thanks. Yeah, I like, I bring soap now when I travel. I'm using my mom's new lime soap. It's really good. Mm. And it's also uh, hard to travel with solid soap, I've learned, because it's, you have to dry it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys can also follow me at iancrossland.net and follow me on social media, Ian Crossland. Also, I've got some music online, um, iTunes, Amazon Music, things like that. So if you want to check it out, check it out and feel free to download it too if you want to support it. Really appreciate it, guys. And you guys are more than welcome to follow me at Sarah Patch Lids on Twitter as I try to have more followers than Sarah Patch Kids. <laughs> we will see you at TimCast.com in the exclusive members-only bonus segment with Lauren coming up around 11 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.